Bow and bam. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Every weekend on demand, this is the Good Morning BT Podcast. Kind of a, a subdued way to start a Monday. Yeah. Yeah, but this is such a, a lovely song. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it. It's um, Maren Morris and Vince Gill. It's called Dear Hate. I didn't know that Vince Gill had ever done anything with Maren Morris. That's pretty cool. I, this came out... Quite a few years ago, I think, um, and it just, uh, it, 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 every time I hear it, it makes me cry, and I think, I, I fell asleep last night listening to talking heads just arguing with each other about the, the Chinese spy balloon and, um, you know, pointing fingers and who's responsible and who did it wrong and who, you know, and I, I think I, I went to bed sad uh, just at how... I don't know. I guess the conversations that are that are used to generate ratings end up generating more anger and fear in people. And I, I, I was thinking about that concept that as I was going to sleep. And I think that's how I woke up with this. Just dear hate. Um, but the whole idea is that love is going to conquer all. And it's the thing that we have to remember. You don't point fingers at each other and look for who's to blame. What we should be doing is loving each other. And there I was when you said you were listening to Talking Heads. I thought you were. (laughs) Way to pick up the segment, Joe. When you said that, that's all I could think of. (laughs) Not actual. (laughs) Not the band. I mean, that'd be okay. (laughs) Here we go. That's the way you start a Monday right there. (laughs) That's way better than my version. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Actually, I I even want to start it even more on a... a, uh, an energetic note. How about we do this on a Monday? Because that's where we did Friday, and you ended up being prophetic. I was. This was my Friday song, and it was a winner. I have to say, I'm very happy that she won last night. This is the record of the year. This is the one. This is the one that everybody wants, if they're being honest. When it comes to Grammy's record of the year, she beat out. Beyonce, Adele, uh, 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 Harry Styles, Lizzo, about damn time. Did you hear her acceptance speech? I did not hear her acceptance speech, so I'm kind of excited because I feel like you probably have it, don't you? I do, because when I heard her speech, I, I thought of someone else I know. Let me tell you something. Me and Adele having a good time just enjoying ourselves, just rooting for our friends. So this is an amazing night. Unexpected. Um, okay, now that I'm up here and I'm calm, I want to dedicate this award to Prince, my sister. Um, when we lost Prince, I decided to dedicate my life to making positive music. And um, <laughs> I was like, I don't care if my positivity bother you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> And this was at a time when positive music and feel-good music wasn't mainstream at that point, and I felt very misunderstood. I felt on the outside looking in, but I stayed true to myself because I wanted to make the world a better place, so I had to be that change to make the world a better place. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. Does that not sound like Beth Troutman? Oh, 
that's the sweetest compliment you could possibly give me. I'm gonna be positive. I don't care what you think. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, because I, I, I do get that sometimes from people. <laughs> well, I told you. This is one of those songs I heard this summer, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, she's trying to tap into that first album. It's trying to basically recreate it. And then I thought, you know what? This is <laughs> this is actually a really good song. Oh, it's so good. And the lyrics are great, and she's right. She does she does send a positive message, a feel-good message with what she does, who she is, what she chooses to represent. And she's right. It's like Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see in the world. That's the most common thing that people ter- tell me when they talk about the show and how it's evolved with you. They say it's about damn time. <laughs> they say that uh, Beth Beth has given a jolt of positivity, and uh, you know she's a she's like a like a I don't know what we say. It's like lightning in a bottle, you know. Aww. And it, it's true. I mean, it's it's uh, it's picked up the room here. It's picked up our. Our whole tone of the show, and to me, all, all the best possible ways. You know, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for a decade, and, and the show, we still have kind of the, the same show mission, but now we have that connecting piece that uh, keeps everybody positive, and I like that. Aw, that's so funny that you're saying all of that on a song. On a day I woke up with a song called Dear Hate. But it was about love is going to conquer all. The whole message of the song, love is going to conquer all. If we just make the choice to love. Now, I do have a bone to pick about last night. Uh, you know, sometimes you have these years where the Grammys sort of come and go, and there's not a whole lot to talk about. It's kind of ho-hum. That's the way it is with award shows. Yeah. But there were some very specific, interesting things I thought about the 65th annual Grammys last night. They had more star power in the room collectively than I've seen in years. It's also the first time they've really had a full room since COVID. Well, yeah. Uh, but there's one particular thing, and John Moore and I were talking about this, <laughs> but we've often had the conversation in the studio, and we'll get more into this coming up after the news, but, you know, you've worked in a TV newsroom. I've worked in a TV newsroom. So has John Moore. There were times when I worked in the TV newsroom that I did about 10 years ago where I had to stop and think to myself, did that producer, like, how old is that person over there? Because <laughs> there, there's there's certain frames of reference that I assume some people have that I guess they don't anymore. And case in point, with the uh, the song of the of the year winner last night. But this is not in a, like a local newsroom. This is from a a national a national newspaper, and it's not the Onion. This is the best of Bo and Beth on demand. Nice sound. She might have a future in this business. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I texted you the screenshot of this this morning uh, as you, know, you and I were uh, getting up and getting going. And uh, it's it's from the Daily Mail. Right. Headline, shock as unknown blues singer beats Beyonce, Adele, and Taylor Swift to win Song of the Year at the Grammys. Talk about giving us something to talk about. Bernie, step up to the mic, my friend. Come Your here, timing. Bernie! Timing is impeccable here. What's that? Have you ever heard of Bonnie Raitt? No, not at all. (gasps) (laughs) Never. Never in my life. Oh, my gosh. Well, he's proven our point. So anybody 31, you're 31, right? I am 31. 31 and under doesn't know who Bonnie Raitt is. No, wait. uh, uh, Put some headphones on for a second. I want to see if he's heard this song.
Let's give him something to talk about. Yeah, I definitely heard that. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah. that's Bonnie Raitt. Really? Yeah. So this has proven my point. I got, <laughs> Bernie's just stared at me like, okay. <laughs> All right, so, so Bernie, Bonnie Raitt won Song of the Year last night. Really? Bonnie Raitt won for a song. Actually, now I have to say this. I had never heard this song until last night. This is the song she won for. Five today. No knife can carve away the stain. No drink can drown regret. They say Jesus brings you peace and grace. Well, he ain't found me yet. Oh, just a What a phenomenal voice. Yeah. Right? What a great voice. Well, again, Soul. I thought this was The Onion. This is the Daily Mail, and they've written an article. Just who is Bonnie Raitt? Who is this Bonnie Raitt? Shock and... As an unknown blues singer wins against uh, big heavyweight names, Beyonce, Adele, and Taylor Swift. But I guarantee you, all three of them would say, oh, Bonnie Raitt's a heavyweight name. Well, she has Grammys in her own right. I mean, over the course of the 80s and 90s, she won, what was it, like like 13 Grammys or something like that? Uh, exactly, yeah. 13 Grammys. So, I mean, she's definitely not unknown. I'm embarrassed to say that I did well, not know no, who this but... was. I'm embarrassed for you, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> she has a great voice. How but, embarrassing. But she, pro- but she, you proved the point that the, 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 the writer of the Daily Mail article was probably somewhere around your age. Well, I was, uh, Beth and I have both worked in TV. She much more extensively than me, but I spent three years, I told you all this, uh, between radio jobs, working in a TV newsroom right around 2009, 2010, 2011. And there was one night where uh, we were in the newsroom. I was easily the oldest of the producers there. And uh, Ten years ago, you were the oldest. Yeah, yeah, easily. <laughs> and there were several right-out-of-college graduates who were, who were you know, assistant producers. And one night in the newsroom, I kid you not... John Morse heard me tell this a million times, but this will blow Bernie's mind. I'm not surprised because I work there, too, so yeah. I, I'm not surprised a bit by this story. So, so this is, comes over in conversation, and she says, Michael Jordan, he played for the Wizards, right? <laughs> oh, no. And I just, I just waited, and I'm waiting, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, he played for the Wizards. Anything more over there? And she kind of said, no, what? And I went... Uh, Chicago Bulls, North Carolina Tar Heels, and she looked at me like I was crazy. You can so, even say the Chicago White Sox. Well, yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the part owner of the Hornets. Oh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's all relative, right? But Bonnie Raitt last night uh, wins and beats out a bunch of heavyweights with a song that's not all that known, but songs like this. Listen. I mean, I love this song, too. That's just I love it. And uh, she's got 13 Grammy wins, like dozens of nominations. And the Grammys are sort of famous for kind of swerviness and giving you... Yeah, this was a good swerve. Giving you a surprise. But in this case, it's just somebody we haven't talked about in a while, not somebody who's an unknown. The best of Bo and Beth. Good morning, BT. The balloon was shot down on Saturday over Surfside Beach, South Carolina. You know what that's close to, Beth Troutman? Or who it's close to, what I should say. We now go to the East Coast Bureau in South Carolina of Good Morning BT and check in with one of our favorite people. I love beach music. Good morning to Wayne Troutman, a.k.a. the Wainiac. How are you today, sir? Good morning, Bo and Beth and Bernie, and not sure who else is in the office this morning, but doing John a wonderful Moore. Down here. 
John Moore's in the house, and uh, so so I thought about you uh, on Saturday because so so just uh, if you get our bearings here, Surfside Beach is about how far away from you there in North Myrtle Beach? Uh, about ten miles. Okay, so were you uh, sitting back on the on the on the porch uh, trying to get a, a glimpse of this when it when it came over? Actually, the position of our building because of where it's at on the coastline is uh, a more southeast than east. Uh, which actually I had a good view. Uh, once it got out over the ocean, it was very visible. In fact, I even went and got my binoculars so I could see it, see it pretty well. What was it like as the fighter jets started uh, approaching and being part of it? Was that a loud experience? Was everybody out on the beach looking up with their binoculars as well? Did this create a crowd and kind of mass chaos on the on the beach itself? Well, there was quite a crowd. Now, the crowd, as I understand, a friend of mine went all the way down to Merle's Inlet, which is next to Surfside Beach, and watched it from there, and it was uh, more crowded down there. A lot of people that could see it from uh, across the intercoastal waterway would get to where their view, and they were so high in the air, you could see it from across the waterway as long as your uh, view wasn't obstructed by buildings. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot, it's a lot of people, a lot of excitement. And me and Post on Facebook. Oh, yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> But well, yeah, what it was like, I'm going to tell you, these, uh, those jets up there, we knew something was going to happen because they were making circles around that. There was a target. You ever seen, remember that boat, did you ever play marbles where you draw a big circle in the sand and put your marbles in the middle? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, well, I did. They, that's what they were doing. They drew a circle around that balloon with their jets, and you knew it was coming down. But, you know, here, here's what really, been. they let it hang out over the Dutton Ranch. Up there, Yellowstone Ranch in Montana. <laughs> That's right. The Dutton Ranch. Nothing about it. So <laughs> well, it gets down to South Carolina, and we decide we're going to do something about it. We, we <laughs> sent them a message, don't tread on me. <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing you, Dad, on the balcony with your uh, with your driving club. What are they called? A nine That'd be a driver. The driver. Yeah. <laughs> um, like hitting golf balls at it, because I feel like you feel like you could have popped it with a golf ball. Uh, well, uh, uh, it wasn't that close. <laughs> well, I mean, if you were watching really closely, you saw the your golf balls pelting off of it. It was yeah. the F the F-15s or whatever that, that, that took it down ultimately. Now, <laughs> uh, let me ask you a Waniac question because we know that the balloon is down, but the remnants, uh, the, you know, what what is left of it still being recovered. That recovery operation, as I understand it, is still happening around where you are. I mean, is there still activity? Are there still areas where the public can't access? Is there any kind of government detail down there still? I haven't seen anything this morning. Yesterday, now, to start with, uh, on Saturday night, you can see the uh, Navy salvage, salvage ships out in the over the ocean. The, their lights are out there all night gathering what they could. But a lot of the uh, stuff floated in. In fact, uh, yesterday morning, early friend of mine were up in Cherry Grove and on the beach there were a lot of little pieces of the balloon. And but now the Navy had a group that were coming by picking up everything. Then they came down the intercoastal waterway down to where the uh the Freedom Boat Club is. They had a, a vehicle there that they were unloading their boats with all the salvage that they could pick up along the coast. Wow. So wait like people were finding remnants of it? Yes. I didn't touch it. Now, I mean, you and I both know the the most Myrtle Beachiest thing that could ever happen. I mean, you're probably going to be uh, going to thrift shops and you know, in wings and those kind of places for the next ten years, and people will try to sell you a piece of the China balloon, right? right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mostly, I, you know, I hadn't thought about that boat. You did on target. But I do want to say, last night, a friend of mine 
who is a Vietnam vet like me, and another friend who is a Citadel graduate and has a uh, very strong uh, career in the military as an officer. We sat down and discussed this, and we made a couple of uh, decisions. And one of them was, you know, why it was hanging out over Montana. We was trying to get pictures of Beth Dutton. And <laughs> most people didn't realize that. And what happened, you know, they're not, they're, they're in all season, so there was nobody at home. <laughs> all right. So now, when it got to South Carolina, the reason it was at 60,000 feet on that balloon, right. they wanted to see how strong the rifles of our redneck hunters were to see if we could shoot it down from the ground. <laughs> I saw a and few. The rumor is, I can't, I can't uh, verify, the rumor is at least two got arrested for trying to shoot it down. <laughs> <laughs> would not surprise me. All right. Uh, that is a, oh, the Waniac. There's a lot to unpack in that update right now, which, which is exactly why I wanted to call him. Uh, Wayne Troutman, the Waniac, thanks for checking in, and keep watch for us. Yes, sir. Have a good day. You too. There he is. All right. One more time. <laughs> I love beach music. The best of Bo and Beth. This is Good Morning BT. For African-American families who were disenfranchised, Farming has been a tough road for them in life. And in many instances, they found hardship at the harvest. And of course, the sound of our good friend and a longtime reporter at WBTV and award-winning uh, documentarian Steve Crump, who's back in the studio with us. Bo and Beth here on a Tuesday morning. Mr. Crump, good to see you as always. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I, I got a chance to watch some of this uh, last night. It debuts tonight, as I understand it, on uh, on WTVI at uh, eight and eleven. And is this mm-hmm. will this uh, be exclusively uh, TVI, or will this be uh, Channel Three as well? This right now is a TVI project, but uh, we're looking at distribution and other platforms. And so uh, uh, tonight is the initial debut of it. So yeah. Well, before we uh, talk about it, I always, uh, given uh, what's happened in recent years, like to start with you and say, how are you doing? We're good. We're good. You know, uh, I am so grateful for the support that you guys have given me. Uh, You know, God's grace and mercy over the last four and a half years. Bo, can you believe that it's been four and a half years since I was diagnosed? And uh, they, uh, the morning after uh, getting that crazy cancer diagnosis, uh, there was a doctor that wanted to put me in hospice. And we've managed to crank out a few more documentaries along the way. In fact, I got a story on Channel 3 tonight at 7 o'clock on the Jamie Bowles show. So, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're still at it, you know. And so I'm, 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 I'm very grateful for the support that you guys have given me at this end of the hall, as well as the uh, people uh, down the hall at Channel 3. Where, you know, if you can believe it, next year I will have walked in this building uh, 40 years ago for the first time. 40 wow. years. Do you attribute um, some of your your um, successes in the last four and a half years in in battling cancer to getting to maintain your passion and tell stories and connect with people? I think you're right. Uh, I get in trouble when I'm about to say this, especially with my wife, uh, Kathy. But it's one of those things of where my uh, oncologist, uh, Dr. Muhammad Salem, over at uh, Atrium Health and the Levine Cancer Institute told Kathy once upon a time, like, hey, just slow down. Let Steve do his thing because his work is his medicine. And uh, the reality of that is uh, being able to, uh, you know, do these kinds of projects and, and even do some of the stories on Channel 3. Uh, it's been it's been a nice diversion, if that if, if that's a fair word. Mm-hmm. And um, it's allowed me to kind of grow in some areas that I never thought that I would possibly grow in. I mean, when you get a 
diagnosis, you know, that says, uh, Mr. Crump, you have cancer, you, you know, you, you, you tend to shudder. And I always say, even though everybody's talking about the big uh, lottery, you know, payoff from last night, I say, tonight's winning lottery numbers are not 7-21-18. That's the day that I was diagnosed was July 21st of 2018. Well, you know, I've been around this building for a while, as you have, and I was telling Beth last night, we are talking about having you on, and I said, you know, as time goes on, I know uh, fewer and fewer people down the hall. Oh, yeah. But they're, and I know you're in the same boat, <laughs> uh, but I said, Steve is one of those guys that uh, I've known for a long time, and Steve... Uh, Steve still has that connection to the building when uh, we all were owned by the same company and the, the, the communications headquarters was upstairs. And yeah. there, there's a camaraderie with that group that, um, for those of us who are still here, that will always connect us. Well, I think, you know, for you and I, uh, Bo, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of the OGs, or as, or as we say in the hood, we're the old heads. And uh, <laughs> Bo Thompson in the hood, folks. But, uh, <laughs> interesting dem- demographic. Where's Rock and Ray? Uh, <laughs> 34 WBT he's, he's, he's laughing down on us right now. <laughs> but, you know, but but this would be the time of the morning that we would go downstairs and get our Mary McMuffins, mm-hmm. and we would be at the Pine Terrace Cafeteria. And what I find inspiring, especially talk about people that have been in this building and have made names for themselves and done wonderful things in this community. I love February because you can turn on the TV and you can hear the voice of H.A. Thompson for the Boat show. Boat show. Every Mid- year it's H.A. <laughs> and the boat show, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mid-Atlantic boat show. And, yeah. and uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this story or not, but the very first job I ever had here, uh, I, I ran the board on Sunday nights, and I came in at the end of Rock and Ray's shift. Oh, my. And when I would walk into the room, there would be a certain way that he would always greet me. Uh, but I, I, did, I would not always know if he saw me come in because a lot of times he'd be playing a song and he'd have his headphones on oh, yeah. and he might have seen me out of the corner of his eye. So sometimes I would slip in the studio here and kind of wait over in the corner. I mean, I was in high school then, so I was kind of like, uh, hi, Mr. Gooding, how are you, sir? Uh, but when I would know that he saw me because he would go, <laughs> at, well, the, at the top of his voice, so much so that I didn't know when it was coming, and it would, it would <laughs> startle you. It would startle well, me. Well, and, and the thing for you, Bo, I'm sure driving in, you know, on, on those the Sunday Night Hall of Fame shows, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, first time I ever heard the Sunday Night Hall of Fame, I was working as a reporter in Savannah, Georgia, of all mm-hmm. places, in 1980, <laughs> years before I got here. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. You never knew who Ray would have on. I mean, you're driving down the road. Hey, let me get my buddy James Brown on the phone. Hey, Rock and Ray, man, I feel good. You know, tell Arthur Smith and Papa's got a brand new bag that I, you know, but, you know, but you'd you'd have Ray on the phone with Clarence Carter and Mm -hmm. General Johnson, and they knew him and they loved him. They did. He was, uh, I I thank my lucky stars that I had the, the luck to have a first job that was following him because I, I tell people that I would come in earlier and earlier and earlier on that shift because I just wanted to sit and just listen to him talk. And, and if you knew story. anything about Ray, he would drive that van, look like the mystery machine from <laughs> Scooby-Doo, and he'd have this whole thing of records. But the other thing, too, is having been to parties at Ray's house over the years, he literally had a jukebox in his living room, and knowing Ray, he, he'd probably charge a quarter to play a song. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we're going to spend some more time with Steve Crump here from WBTV, and uh, tonight a new uh, a new documentary debuts on WTVI called Hardship at the Harvest. We'll talk more about that and uh, other stuff as we always get into whenever Steve is in the building. News Talk, or ever in th- this side of the building. Uh, News Talk 1110. How many WB- years between the two of us in this building, Bo? Between us? <laughs> 70. <laughs> it's pushing that. It's I mean, like Lauren Green and Alpo. <laughs> you just
just said Lauren Green. Oh, Jeff Atkinson, you know Steve Crump. I do indeed. He was my desk mate. That's right. Soul brother number one, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. God has really blessed me, and things are going fantastic. I feel nice. Well, to your point, there it was. Rock and roll. You talking. a bad man <laughs> coming up with those archives on the fly and during the break, man. He's so amazing. Well, that you. Way. Uh, I mean, uh, speaking. I mean, amazing. Uh, I, I don't know how. When I think about Rock and Ray Gooding and all the people that he knew, I mean, mm-hmm. when we did, when he went into the Hall of Fame several years back for the 95th anniversary, we sort of chronicled some of the stories about Ray. And uh, I'll have to find it. Maybe I can find it before we uh, get out of here. But uh, not only did he know all of these people, but he helped some of these artists that you know yes. write some of their music. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rock and Ray Gooding. And uh, there was a camaraderie because when you look at the fact that, that Ray came from across town over at WGIV where you had Jeannie Ozine Potts and Chatty Hattie Leeper, I remember the one and only time that uh, I met James Brown over at um, Reflection Studio on Central Avenue. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call from somebody who says, hey, man, James Brown's in cutting a record. Come get a camera crew in here. And he says, he says, he says you know, you work in local media and, and, and here's James Brown. Where's, where's Chatty Hattie? Where's Chatty Hattie? i got to find Chatty Hattie. <laughs> uh, Steve Crump is with us this morning, WBTV, WTVI. Uh, tonight we have a, a new documentary called Hardship at the Harvest, which is going to debut on TVI at 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And then, uh, a twin spin. A twin spin. That's Up against right. the State of the Union. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, is that you have uh, plenty of opportunities to see this. Uh, there are re- airings on uh, Friday, February 10th. Uh, Saturday the 11th, the 12th, the 13th. I'll, I'll hit all of them before we get out of here. But Six times. That's uh, And that's, you know, for now. I mean, they, they yeah. can be extended right. opportunities to view. But uh, again, and I think they're going to put it online as well. So, yeah. So uh, this uh, is about 1954 South Carolina. Correct. And uh, give us a, a bit more of an idea of, of how, what, what this covers that starts tonight. Well, the short version is I think that um, so many of us in learning uh, American history, uh, we're familiar with Brown v. Board, Brown versus Board of Education, separate but equal. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks about Brown versus Topeka, but wait a minute. The Brown litigation was wrapped up into five cases. There were other states, uh, Delaware, Virginia, and the like. And the first case was South Carolina, Clarendon County, South Carolina, Somerton, that area. And the abridged version is the folks there wanted equality in their schools. Supreme Court comes down with the uh, separate but um, uh, equal stuff in terms of trying to normalize what kids got, the resources in school. However, even though uh, the suit was led by African-American farmers and laborers, there was hell to pay. There was, uh, there, was, there, was, there, there was quite a bit of payback from the standpoint of where they won in court. However, the banks, the lending institutions, the power structure did not cooperate with the community. Farmers were cut off from credit. They couldn't buy feed. Crops were rotted in the field. Uh, the reality is locally they could not sell, you know, what it is that uh, they were intending on bringing to market and, and the crops that they grew. And in, you know, part of the low country in the Midlands of, of, of South Carolina, we're talking places such as Ellery and, and Clarendon County and Sumter and Orangeburg. They would literally have to go to Savannah or Rock Hill or Augusta uh, or Dillon or Florence to sell their crops because they got no cooperation from the local power structure because they were viewed as troublemakers. And one other thing as it relates to 
a double standard. There's a soundbite in our piece from Congressman Jim Clyburn who lays it out this way. There was a two-tiered system where you had, in fact, um, uh, a different calendar for African-American students where they went to school shorter times during the years. The class, the classroom calendar for African-American students was four to five months in South Carolina during that time because the other times they ended up having to work in the fields and pick cottons and do the agricultural kinds of things to support the local economy. Whereas the other kids got the regular nine-month, you know, board of education uh, type education. As you were coming up with the topic for this, what what was the passion that drove you to this particular story? Was there a story that you heard from someone? Was it a, something that you uh, stumbled upon and you thought, I really need to tell this story on a broad scale? Beth, great question. If you remember the Levine Museum of the New South, uh, probably a good 10 years or so ago, they had an exhibit called Courage. Mm-hmm. And they ran a lot of people through that exhibit. This is kind of a blueprint from Courage. Uh, and what had happened was the fact that I, this was just one of those stories that was always in the back of my notebook that I always wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and But what a lot of people learned through the Courage exhibit was social capital, race relations, history. Mm-hmm. And that's how this came about. The Courage exhibit not only was at the Levine Museum of the New South, but it traveled around the country, got lots of awards, even made it to South Africa. And, and, and the impact of, 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 of that particular exhibit resulted in, uh, in fact, one of the families in Charlotte um, uh, ended up with a congressional gold medal, uh, Reverend Joseph Delane's family, as a result not only of their effort, but how the public was educated through this story. Yes. Steve Crump talking about his documentary, which uh, debuts tonight. Immediately alter the academic calendar for black students. If you're in rural South Carolina, it was not all that unusual for you to have uh, a four or five month school year. By law, uh, you didn't go to school uh, until all the cotton was gathered out of the fields. You mentioned Jim Clyburn. Uh, you hear him there. A lot of other voices in this particular Hardship at the Harvest documentary that debuts tonight on WTVI. We'll give you the other times coming up here. Steve Crump till the top of the hour. It's like the Monkey Time by uh, Major Lance that was uh, written by Curtis Mayfield. I was there in, in, a, in a, a little place over on 8th Street. I was there when he was writing the song. Man, we were partying and having a real good time downstairs, you know. With, may I call it an old-fashioned fish fry? <laughs> and my man was upstairs just playing on his little guitar. He said, hey, Ray, how does this sound to you? I said, well, give me another drink and I'll tell you. <laughs> and that was the Monkey Time. Hey, and the, a few weeks later, man, I heard this guy. There's a place way over there whenever you're ready. There's a place right across town whenever you're ready. I say, wow, that cat finished it. Rock and Ray. The old jock shout. That's right. It's like, Bo Thompson. I haven't gotten one yet. (laughs) What's going on? How long do I have to work here? Um, No. uh, John Moore can make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, I'll get right on that. Bernie Bernie and John are going to go over the corner. We're all going to sing. So we have a few more minutes here with uh, the legendary Steve Crump. He's a legend in his own right. We're talking about, you know, rock and ray, little radio. He's showing us pictures of his old DJs, DJ days during the break. I'd uh, say I got my eyeballs up on your earlobe. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you have, uh, speaking of your eyeballs, you want to watch his latest documentary, which debuts on WTVI tonight, Hardship at the Harvest. Let me give you the, uh, the, the dates on this. Uh, so your first two opportunities, it's a twin spin, uh, as uh, Ray would say. Uh, tonight, 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock on WTVI. Uh, all these times are on TVI. Also, February 10th at uh, 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, Saturday the 11th at 5.30 p.m., Sunday the 12th at 1 p.m., and then Monday the 13th at 6.30 p.m. And if, if people are just joining us, uh, what, what's the nutshell version of what we're talking about here? It deals with uh, a lot of things, um, uh, agriculture, race, education, politics, uh, kind of in the 26 minutes and 45 seconds that we put this piece together, you know, in terms of the actual uh, length of the show. So it covers a lot of stuff, shopping boycotts. One of the things that uh, I found fascinating in this, uh, in, in the previous segment, we were talking about how uh, a lot of the uh, folks ended up enduring payback. Well, there were, for an example, in some of the boycotts, uh, there were uh, gas stations that would not be delivered Coca-Colas to sell. Hmm. Um, um, African-American families couldn't get credit in the grocery stores. And there was something called the Carolina Squeeze, which was one of those things of where they tried to starve the people. Uh, an African-American publication owned by John Johnson Jet Magazine. They got involved in a national campaign where they were literally sending boxes of food parcels to assist these families not only with food, but with clothing to go through this uh, very tough process. One of the things that's so satisfying about being a storyteller, I, I know this must be true for you, is getting to tell these stories in long form, especially in a time when our country is polarized. Sure. I think we have to be reminded of um, some of the, the really human stories, the things that have been part of our our history here in North and South Carolina. Well, the cynical side of me says, gosh, I wonder if what, what, what Ron DeSantis would say if he saw this piece. You know, but the other part of that then becomes when you're dealing with the elements of truth, you know, which is what parts of the truth do you want to face? You know, do you want to turn a blind eye to it? Uh, yes, this stuff happened. It is documented. There is the collateral damage of the people who lived through it. So in that vein and in that regard, uh, it's one of those you know, scenarios of where people decades later uh, still, still, still bear the scars and the wounds. But, Beth, I'm going to tell you something else. A lot of these people, and this has been very true of some of the projects I've done over the years, it's been gratifying, and not to sound overly morbid, but to catch these people on their way out. Sure. You know, the fact that they're able to share these stories before they're no longer with us. So that it's not forgotten. So it's not forgotten, that it's archived, that it is saved, and that it provides a historical reference point. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, look, uh, part of uh, this, and, and I understand what you're saying. I don't want to sound like that you went into it with this mindset, but when I sat down in here and, and talked to Ty Boyd, uh, about three years ago for the Century Podcast series. Right. I didn't know how long Ty had with us. Uh, I knew how sure. old Ty was. Sure. And if you look like somebody like H.A. Thompson, who's about the same age, you know, H.A. could jump in here and, and do the next shift. Oh, yeah, he WBT. could. And, Absolutely. And, and Ty was you know, his jovial self all the way to the end. Uh, but it wasn't until a few years later that I realized that was the last time he sat down in this building and talked and he was in a mode where he was reflective. And while I didn't go in with that idea, man, I'm glad I did it because we have that on tape now. 
You know, I, I come up with the phrase as I sit here. I think of historic mortality. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the reference point that we have. And if you're able to get these stories, you know, I mean, I mean, one of the great things for me as a child was growing up and sitting around not the dinner table, but the supper table with my grandmother and her siblings, where you had the grandchildren of former slaves telling these stories, not only about discrimination, but about agrarian lifestyle, how they milked cows, how they made butter, how they grew their own crops, but also, too, from the perspective of how collectively we got from one part of our history to another. Mm. Well, get it on tape. That's what I say. And I know the kids today say, what's tape? Get it on something recordable, right? Exactly. Because those stories are the things that live on. And uh, you're a, a big storyteller, and I try to be that too, and Beth. And uh, we love having you in here. It's good yeah. to well, catch thanks up. thanks for having me. You guys are always so fun to work with and be with. And, well, we uh, feel the I same about you, my friend. Well, appreciate Hard, the time. Hardship at the Harvest debuts tonight on WTVI. Every weekend, on demand, this is the best of Beth and Bo podcast. All right. It's fun. I've set you up. We want to know. We had this conversation actually partly on the air and then most recently off the air just seconds ago. And we're still trying to get the bottom of it. I mean, Brett Jensen, we're trying to pick apart, pick apart uh, from the, the facade, the shell, get to the inside of what really makes this guy tick. Does anything really excite you? Or make you, like, super happy? Because you were even talking about going to the Super Bowl and the Waste Management Open, and it was kind of like, Wah. Yeah, you know, Meh. been there, done that. Meh. But you haven't. I mean, I haven't done the Super Bowl. I've done the That's waste right. management. But so I mean, if I was going to, like that last year, I went to the Masters for the first time. Mm-hmm. I left Beth three days into the show. Oh, I know. I, I filled to, in. Yeah. And I'm, we didn't even know each other yet. No. But but you would have done the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would wouldn't have. have left me. Wait, wait a minute. It's the Masters. Yeah. No, you I would have. If it was my first one, Masters. I would have done it. Yeah. How many I times? Mean, well, you've probably been like 18 times. Eight. Okay. Eight. I had never eight. been. I probably will never go again. But you, had, if you had been in my shoes last year, oh, never in two gone seconds. Okay. You'd have left two me? seconds. I would have said Beth who? <laughs> wow. I feel really good today about, about hey, myself. I, ca- I called you from the course, if I remember it correctly. Yeah. I feel, I feel real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so what excites you? So what excites you? you? So I don't know if excites the wrong word, but one of my just guilty pleasures that I love, and I did it last night, Whoa. And did oh, it. a bourbon and cigar. No, well, I enjoy that. Like I enjoy that, but it's not like even that. He's like meh. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> there it's you go. Fine. There you go. His but, life is fine. But this is this See, is different rules. This is a little. This is a little embarrassing. No, no, no. The same rules. Same <laughs> rules. Uh, this is a little embarrassing. But the, the sunset. There, there are two things that like I do that I don't know why I do it. Brushing your hair a hundred times every night. That's exactly right. <laughs> they, um, I. <laughs> I am all about, all about the rom-coms. What? <laughs> all about them. If you had polled me and you gave all me a hundred hundred answers, I would never would have come up with a rom-com that makes like, as a matter of fact, Brett Jensen happy. What I watched, I watched two last night. Did you watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? I've seen it plenty of times. Um, like bre- Matthew McConaughey. My wedding. Matthew McConaughey. Sorry, excuse me? My best friend's wedding. I've seen them. All. So what were you watching last night? Last night I was watching No Strings Attached, 
And um, well, of course you're watching that one. That one's all about being a friend with benefits. That well, sounds like that yeah, but I you know, happy. but it's how they come together at the end. It's how they come okay. together at the end. Okay, okay. Like for the longest time, and even though it's not a rom com, I owned the movie, The Notebook. Oh, oh. I owned it. Oh, oh, I own it. Yes. But guys generally don't. I do not own it. Yes. Have exactly. you seen it? Not, not the full thing. I know the part where he go. They jump in the rain and they embrace and they kiss. Yeah, I, I've seen that because they play that all o- over and over again. It's I the greatest I don't know what happened movie. before or after. Oh my gosh, Bo Thompson. Well, we're gonna have a movie night. And so, like Day. this, this upcoming <laughs> and next week, uh, I'll watch the movie like Valentine's Day with all the different things interact. And yeah, Ashton Kutcher yeah. and all that. I'll yeah. be all about it. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. What's your favorite rom com? Oh wow, that's tough. Like. Oh, this is- this is so Do you bad. watch Lifetime movies at Christmas no, time? No, 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 just but the rom But you love romantic comedies. The, honestly, my all-time favorite, like, you're going to laugh. You are so going to laugh. I'm just going to regret saying this. But everyone knows I'm brutally honest. Uh, Notting Hill. Oh, oh I love Notting Hill. Hugh Grant. That's my favorite. Yes. I, ha- I have seen Notting Hill. That's, that's my favorite. Hugh Grant and Julia that's Roberts. My, I have pro- I'm not joking. I've seen that movie 15 times. Yes. Minimum. Minimum. This is where I want to tell you that the song that Beth Trout... So this has been an interesting segment here. I mean, uh, so Brett Jensen just tells the world that he's a big rom-com guy. Yeah. Beth Troutman woke up this morning singing this song. If you're not with us every day at 6.05, well, where are you? Every day at 6.05, Beth, we start the show, and Beth says, this is the song that I woke up singing. And it's a different song, for the most part, Had every day. Had a few day. repeats in there, yeah. yeah. Today's was saliva. This was it. Oh, oh yeah. No, I know yeah. the song. Do, do rom-com guys listen to music like this? Um, no, I was all into alternative music. Emo. Yeah. He's a rom-com guy. No, he was into emo. I was an emo. <laughs> I was more into like, like. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you just wait, emo. wait. It's weird because emo. you just, you just stole the man card from the rom-com guy. And <laughs> emo. That makes no, sense. No, not yeah. about emo. I've always been the alternative. Nine Inch Nails, Depeche Mode. That's what he wanted you to say, and you no. said you're an emo guy. Emo. <laughs> and I bet you, ninety percent of our audience goes, "What is emo music?" Emotionally heavy music. It's a lot of coffee house music a lot of times. Mm, it can no, be it's really more... soul and small and slow and guitarish. Like, no, that nauseates me. But this is what Beth woke up to yesterday. Yesterday. Dear hate. So you went from this to a group called Saliva. <laughs> I was saying off the air that I need to be put in a test tube and studied. And yet in, in this segment, like people are starting to line up in the hall because they're wondering what is going on on this radio station. Yeah, well, <laughs> because you just admitted to the world that you're a rom-com fan. Huge, like, no, like ridiculously massive rom-com guy. And the other thing I do is like um, just to... Balance out the emotional thing mm-hmm. because you know so. And you watch Die Hard. Te- technically, <laughs> no. What I'll do, I'll late at night or whatever. Uh, you know, like last night, I watched all YouTube compilations of people announcing that they were getting adopted with all these kids and all that emotional breakthroughs and everything else. I watched. What? I watched that. I last feel night. like I just. I watched that last night. I had a complete conversation with someone I don't know. Yeah. Those Stranger. are the two things. Like those. Like. 
soldiers coming home compilations, yeah. Yeah. announcing that you're pregnant compilations, engagement compilations, or the uh, you're being adopted compilations. All right. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's, that's it. Brett, thank you. <laughs> Beth, News Talk 1110 WTF. <laughs> Charlotte's talking about Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. Thank you guys. Love this morning show. Thank you so much. Bo and Beth, nice to meet you guys. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm on the know. Good morning, Mr. Thompson and Ms. Trotman. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Every morning, my brother and I listen on the way to school. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, this is the Good Morning BT Podcast. See, I'm, I'm feeling the need to do this this week. <laughs> Recap. You're chronicling the days. On our last program. <laughs> Dear hey. Okay, so this is actually, this was Monday's song for Monday. Beth Troutman. Yeah, yeah. Just noting the... Uh, the so genre this is the here. podcast that Bo does on the weekend. He's for all together. Right. All right. So that was Monday in your head. This was yesterday. Let, let this one soak in. By the band Saliva. That's Saliva. Nice mashup. <laughs> all right. So those are the first two. And now we find ourselves on uh, Hump Day here. are gonna clear up put on a happy face brush off those clouds and cheer up you got it put on a happy face well, there's a lot going on here we need to uh, sort <laughs> of explain so obviously tony bennett and james taylor and and james taylor's whistling yes <laughs> so this is the version you woke up to of this yes and it, it has a story, and I'm embarrassed I'm going to tell this one out loud. Oh, you have to oh, now. No, no. <laughs> so this song actually came out of the dream I was having when my alarm went off. And I was singing this version because I was doing the da-da-da-da-da-da-da and the whistle. Because in my dream, I was teaching owls to tap dance. <laughs> I know, it makes no sense. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, did so Chris, what kind of drugs do you take before you go to bed at night? <laughs> I take no drugs. Can that you, Ambien? What is that? Can you imagine me on those any of those medications? Because this is normal Beth brain. I'm teaching owls to tap This is down. just organic, straight up. <laughs> it's just normal Beth brain. Did, uh, warm milk. Did, did Craig sleep through this too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that man, he must he must take drugs to sleep because nothing wakes him up. <laughs> <laughs> he just says, I want some of what you're having. <laughs> Well, there you go. All right. Again. To put on a happy face. Put on a happy right. face. James Taylor whistling, and you are talking to owls. Yeah, I teach them to dance, guys. All right. So uh, that's how where we've been, and it's Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, look out. <laughs> what genres are we missing? I do not know. Probably like a punk song? I think we're creating new genres, actually. <laughs> we need, like, death metal, you know, just like the screaming, whatever oh, that is. I have no doubt that's tomorrow. I actually don't know that I know any of those songs, but if one came into my head, that'd be hysterical. Like Conway Twitty or something, like some really old country and western <laughs> That's going to be Beth. Like, I heard this new song today. Did you hear it on the radio? No, in my head. I heard it in my head. I think I was picking up radio stations. <laughs> now, you said screaming. 
You said screaming. There was some hollering. There was some. Uh, there was some of that last night at the State of the Union. We have to start there. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about uh, what happened. Uh, parts of the speech. Maybe you watched the whole thing. It was uh, actually if you if you wanted options last night, like if you were not a politically inclined person, you had plenty of sports options last night because uh, you had two uh, very compelling, at least on paper, ACC matchups. Uh, NC State uh, last night taking on Virginia late and the Tar Heels and and uh, Wake Forest here on WBT. But you also had uh, LeBron James and the Lakers playing the uh, Oklahoma uh, City Thunder last night. And LeBron did, as you heard with Zoki, uh, pass Kareem for the all-time scoring uh, title or lead. And uh, so, yeah, if, you, if you're not a, a politics person, you certainly had sports options. But uh, back to the hollering. Uh, I'm going to play you one clip here last night. And this is the one you've heard a lot of talk about because of what was going on in the background while, while the president was speaking. Under the previous administration... The American deficit went up four years in a row. Because those record deficits, no president added more to the national debt in any four years than my predecessor. Nearly 25% of the entire national debt that took over 200 years to accumulate was added by just one administration alone, the last one. They're the facts. Check it out. Check it out. Congress respond to that debt. They did the right thing. They lifted the debt ceiling three times without preconditions or crisis. They paid American bills to prevent an economic disaster in the country. So tonight I'm asking the Congress to follow suit. Let's commit here tonight to the full faith and credit of the United States of America will never ever be questioned. So my many some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. All right, so uh, that moment right there, and if you heard in the background, at one point you heard somebody say liar. That was Marjorie Taylor Greene, and yeah. uh, that video is on loop all morning and some other moments too. But uh, as I was watching and listening to this, and I listened back to it there, and it even reinforces it even more. Um, it sounds more and more like uh, like British Parliament. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have never, I've never enjoyed um, watching the State of the Union. I've, I've always disliked the stand up and applaud, sit down, stand up, sit down. Everyone stands up. Half the half the room stands up. I, I've never liked that part of it. Um, and now we have taken taken that to a new level of 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 yelling out words and 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 booing and and we i i i you know grew up in a time and as a political science major and and who a person who really loved politics when i was even in in high school i i've always um thought that that the the state of the union was one of those speeches that um 
was supposed to be revered in a way because both houses of Congress were together. The Supreme Court justices were there. Um, special guests were in the audience. And, I, you know, as much as I didn't like the standing up and sitting down part of it, because I thought I even used to think when I it's so funny looking back at the young, naive me that thought the standing up and sitting down was disrespectful. <laughs> now we've taken this to a new level. And I don't like I personally don't like where we are headed, the argumentative nature of where we were we are headed, because I don't think things get accomplished that way. Well, and look, uh, uh, I, I, Kevin McCarthy last night, uh, a lot of times you heard you saw him kind of mouthing no or shake. Now, Nancy Pelosi tore up the speech yeah, exactly. uh, several years ago. And, and I'm not saying this is a one party versus the other party thing. I think everybody has lost their decorum. <laughs> yeah. And, well, it, it's, it's just uh, as somebody who's uh, who's studied politics all my uh, adult life, and you have too. Uh, you're right. Uh, I do feel like we've sort of turned a corner into a different era, especially with the State of the Union last night. Used to be, I mean, th- it's always been the stand up, sit down yeah. thing. That's almost kind of tradition. But uh, if you were listening to it, uh, all you'd hear was applause. You wouldn't right. hear the the heckling and the and the and the lot the crowd noise. And last night's not the first time that's ever happened. But last night to me was the first time there. There were times during that I felt like I was. You know, watching a Jerry Springer audience or something. Yeah, so. or you thought if you were just listening to the the audience, you thought you were at a sporting event or yeah. you know, like a wrestling match or something. Did anybody throw a shoe at any point? <laughs> it seemed like it was about to happen. But listen, that's a bipartisan statement. That's not. I'm talking about the exactly. crowd in mass. It's just exactly. the general uh, the general uh, 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 disposition of the room. Yeah, I, 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 what's happened? Where did our manners go? It's almost like they don't like each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> This is the best of Bo and Beth on demand. Like another perfect day. I love LA. Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one on one against Kenrick Williams. Backing him in. Turns. Shoots. Scores. There it is. All hail the new king in town. And LeBron now stands alone as the NBA's all time leading scorer. I just want, yeah. I, I just want, like, I want something to happen in my life where I'm like, I did something. No, no I don't. One else no, ever you're did. right. You're right. <laughs> I think people like that accomplish like that every other week, some major thing like being yeah. an MVP. That he's probably like, it's just another thing. Whereas for you, I, if we had like one of those moments, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah, like, and do you can. remember the Olympic when the Olympics in '88 when they did the montage to Whitney Houston's "One Moment in Time." And it was just all of these, you're a winner. And like all these people like crossing the finish line and like falling. And I was just like, man, what a cool life to uh, to know that your body has been pushed to the well, limit. Just wait till Bo gets done with one shining moment <laughs> when that happens after the NCAA tournament. Well, I could do that, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm going to go with Beth here. Have you woken up to this song yet? No, but... Did we tell you a secret? It's only Wednesday, Jimbo. <laughs> sure, just tell us a secret. Just among us four. <laughs> Nobody else. What's the secret? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I set you up, and then you started singing more. What is the secret? Um, I was so, so nervous the first time that I was ever on the Today Show in New York. The first no, listen, time I ever had the first, first time, time I was on the Today Show. For someone who's never accomplished anything. <laughs> I, I, I set my phone to wake me up to this song. Like, you have one moment. <laughs> this That's is your a, one moment. It's Jim Zoki, Bo Thompson, and Beth Jensen here on WBT. No! All right. What would it feel like to do something spectacular? Like, no! that first time I was on the Today Show. No! And Jimmy right. Polly complimented my hair. 
Oh, uh, let's go to traffic now. Here's Pam Warner. Uh, it is the greatest of all time traffic reporter, Pam Warner. <laughs> yes, buddy. the goat. That's right, Pam Jensen. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Wait, no. they just called me Beth Jensen, Pam. <laughs> I know I heard it. I felt bad, but I laughed. Mr. Kruger, why don't you tell us about yourself? I won my Nobel Prize in 1967. My wife won hers in 1970. Our son, Mo, has just been elected to the board of Microtech. That's a computer software corporation. And our daughter, Ruth, she's just become the youngest female ever to be accepted at Harvard Law School. <laughs> I hate y'all. <laughs> Oh, come on. Come on, we had to do it. I remember how nervous I was the first time I was on the Today Show. No, it was about the song. So I just had a picture of, did you ever see that Kristen Wiig skit where anybody, she's at a party, and anybody who says anything, she one-ups it, and she's like, so, well, you climbed Mount Everest, I climbed Mount Everest twice, so. (laughs) (laughs) And now I have this awful mental picture in my head that that's how you guys are picturing me. (laughs) Humble brags are No, it wasn't. It's how we're... It's how we're picturing that guy at seven o'clock tonight. Bernie still makes Bernie still makes fun of my Hall of Fame speech where I list my accomplishments out loud. I didn't realize I was even doing it. I was at a movie coming out. Let's just I made all myself do, throw up. Let's just all do it. Let's just all do it. Now, Bo, you have to tell us some some secret it's about yourself. Something awful about fabulous. yourself. <laughs> awful about myself. Um, I remember my first job out of high school, and it was <laughs> the millions, the million. I made millions of dollars. Actually, uh, college graduates are overestimating the salaries they'll start out at by $50,000, according to a new report, uh, this according to CNBC. Like, if they're overestimating by $50,000, how much do they think that they're starting at? Because I know that I didn't make anywhere close to even $50,000 when I got... I made, like, $7 when I got out of college. No, yeah. Uh I made fourteen. <laughs> so, so, like, you know why? Because I was working two jobs. <laughs> I really was. That's how you made that money. I got hired twice. <laughs> I had this conversation with one of our neighbors. I said, you know, because we have kids that are in their twenties. You know, like you said, we were going. We were happy to get a job, intern, work for right. free. Kids today, and I'm generalizing. Okay, everyone, I'm generalizing. In general, they want to live the lifestyle of their parents right out of college. Right out of school. Jump right in. And if they don't, they live with their parents until they accomplish that goal. of. And their parents still pay their bills while they're doing that. Our parents, my my parents kicked me out. Mm -hmm. Mine did too. I lived in a dump. It didn't have a refrigerator or a stove or heat or air. It wasn't an option to go home. Father Christmas, (laughs) give me some money. Right. Uh, So college students, according to this study, expect to earn twice uh, what I was saying, $103,000 Starting in their first job. Wow. I'm sorry. This is where do I get this? This turned into a comedy bit. <laughs> Where's that job? Wow. I just did my taxes. I, I would like that job. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is with no experience except for whatever that degree is. No life experience, really, other than your college experience. No. I, I mean, seriously, my first job, we I worked like 80 hours a week, and my paycheck at the end of the week was $7. <laughs> Ten years into their careers, students anticipate making more than $200,000. Holy pajoli, before they're even 30. Uh, undergraduate students across all majors and institutions overestimated their starting salaries by 88%, according to, get this, real estate witch. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> oh, boy. Salary projections for, uh, let's see, 2022, 
uh, the percent change from a year ago on computer sciences. The average. What do you think the average starting salary for somebody in computer sciences is? I would guess forty-eight thousand um, dollars. I'm gonna say sixty. These are projections. What people think they're going oh, to make. Oh, 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 what they oh, think they're going to make. One hundred thirty thousand. Yeah. Computer sciences seventy-five point nine thousand. Uh, seven in ten seniors graduate with debt. These are seniors in college owing about 30000 per borrower. So there's all this stuff that you've got to figure in. Good luck if there's a recession. I know. <laughs> and I'll tell, you I'm prou- I'll tell you who I'm proud of. In, in, in this list of, of, of people who got a specific degree, what their projected <laughs> salaries are, I'm kind of proud of the ones in the humanities because they're, they're, they're hovering around 50. So they're over, but they're at least somewhat realistic. You told me I could make $50,000 straight out of college. I'd be fine with that oh back in 1997. Gosh. If somebody had offered me $35,000, I would have thought that I was a billionaire. But that's because... <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, you would have thought you were a billionaire? That's I didn't, what, I didn't know if we were what, making a promo, so I stopped. What, I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt What it. Beth meant to say was, <laughs> when I made my first billion. <laughs> Will, first-time caller, I understand. Yay! I was about to say, I don't have a goose. I don't have Queenie the Goose like Henry Bogan used to, but I, uh, <laughs> what was that joke? We have horns. Fanfare. Yeah. <laughs> Fanfare. Will, now, if we've not scared Will away by this point, uh, welcome to Good Morning BT. Hello, sir. And the goose says hello to you, too. This is the Good Morning BT podcast. News Talk 1110 WBT. Bo and Beth here. Wednesday, February 8th, a.k.a. the morning after the State of the Union. We were talking uh, about our initial thoughts, and I, I think uh, the proper place to start with our next guest, Teresa Payton, longtime cybersecurity expert, founder of Fortalist Solutions, and ever-present on Twitter, at Tracker Payton. Uh, good morning. Uh, any opening thoughts on uh, what you saw the president say last night? Good morning, Bo and Beth. Well, um, that was definitely one for the books, um, <laughs> that so too, and I haven't missed a so too since college uh, was always uh, encouraged to watch it and discuss it in college classes the next day. So it's become a tradition in our family. I was looking to hear something more about cybersecurity and infrastructure. I didn't get my wish, but, you know, there was a lot packed into that 75 minutes. I, I did notice that he did talk about social media companies being held accountable for the type of um, targeting with ads on young people, as well as the collection of personal data. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where that heads, if there's going to be an executive order or if he's going to ask the Hill to produce some type of legislation or a bill. Um, but he definitely said he was looking for bipartisan legislation uh, around big tech. He did also mention he didn't want kids to have to do their homework in the parking lot of McDonald's as part of his infrastructure investment bill. Um, High-speed Internet across the country could be a really great thing, uh, connecting the disconnected. Let's talk about some legislation, as you were just mentioning, about um, cybersecurity and particularly infrastructure. Um, The House approves uh, some cybersecurity research. It's a bill that's focused on energy infrastructure, which is uh, it's an interesting time for this to come about because of what we saw happen in December here in North Carolina and the thwarted attack on a power grid in Pennsylvania just a few days ago. Um, talk to us about this bill. And is this something that is going to help? Is there enough in it? Yeah, I think this is a bill that is about the future. So it's not really going to address 
what happened in the short term. Um, but we do have to invest in our future. So basically the bill, which, which did pass, uh, allows for grants, and uh, it will go through scholarships, fellowships, and provide grants for research and development at very specific colleges and universities um, that have been targeted to receive Department of Energy funding. Then, in turn, these research institutions would work on some of the most complex uh, future problems, and then that research would be presented uh, back to Department of Energy. So it's a good step in the right direction and investment in the future, but it's not going to solve today's problems anytime soon. I think this is going to be maybe the the third or fourth straight week that somehow – uh, Chat GPT mm-hmm. has figured into our conversation with you uh, because uh, Chat B, uh, and this relates to uh, communicating with artificial intelligence, as people uh, may remember our previous conversations. But Microsoft, it was announced yesterday, is uh, planning to integrate Chat GPT like tech into their Bing search engine. And, you know, Bing has long trailed Google mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in usage. And so they're trying to get a, a leg up on Google and try to get more people using. Bing, but the idea that uh, Chat GPT is going to be fused into this in some way, or at least that kind of technology, what does that say to you? Well, it's very interesting. Um, I mean, Microsoft has been working on AI and investing in AI companies for a long time, uh, and I will expect to see them do really incredible things. But I have to say, I went and checked it out myself. Uh, when I alerted uh, you and Beth to, hey, you know, this is there's going to be this big announcement, and um, and I was underwhelmed um, just to try and be as polite as I can about it. So at the interface, and maybe there's a lot more to come, and and they're going sort of a let's go low, let's go slow, let's be steady, um, let's get the public's reaction to the answers they get, and let's not focus a lot on kind of a flashy interface. But the interface was a little flat um, for for my taste. Um, and we'll just kind of see where things go. It's very limited how you can act with it right now. And you can sign up to be one of the first to kind of, as they put new releases out, to be on that list to participate in those new releases. So more to come. I, I, didn't, I didn't see what I expected to see uh, with the release. One of the things that uh, the president talked about in his State of the Union speech last night was the unemployment uh, level. And there's a story that caught my attention that I wanted to ask you about. If people are thinking about changing jobs right now or maybe people are finding jobs online and looking to recruiters, there is actually a scam that is um, affecting job seekers, fake recruiters online. This this is scary. They, they, these hackers, will, they, they will stop at nothing. They will stop at nothing, and I'm so glad you brought this up, Beth, because there are people who are concerned about their current employment and potentially, you know, just trying to line things up in case the worst happens. And then there are some people who have been laid off right now, and they're trying to find their next job. And fraudsters and cyber criminals read the headlines, and they are preying on people who are looking at making a switch. And they're not just doing it on LinkedIn. They're doing it, um, they're integrating themselves into Facebook groups. They're integrating themselves onto other social media platforms. They have a very polished-looking profile, so it looks like they really are a recruiter. And uh, one of the red flags I want everybody to be thinking about is, you know, if you let people know you're looking for a job or you're out there, you know, kind of posting some different things, 
And then you get an unsolicited um, invite, connection, hey, let me email you something, let me text you something. That seems like a very aggressive recruiting tactic, and that could be a red flag that you're dealing with a fraudster. Teresa Payton, our longtime cybersecurity expert. Like I said, uh, if you want to extend the conversation, a lot of times we bring up things here that people will follow up with online on Twitter and and ask follow-up questions. Uh, She's uh, always there, and we appreciate that about her. And uh, always appreciate the time, Teresa, our cybersecurity expert. Well, this is my favorite time of the week, Bo and Beth. Um, Always great to talk with you, and be safe out there. The Best of the Week with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. This is the Good Morning BT Podcast. Welcome to uh, this Charlotte, North Carolina morning show. (laughs) Talking about New York City, so this is it, huh? This was it. Specifically the chorus there. Oh, you should you should just embrace the whole thing and start rapping and see if that wakes Craig up. Uh, well, I did. There's a part of me like, I'm a Yankee king. Do something about a Yankee game. And um, I did try to do that one. Uh, my dogs look confused. I think if you notice, that song talks about LeBron. I know. This is like timely news. And it talks about New York. Both topics we mentioned in yesterday's show. So I think you guys are infiltrating my dreams. We're having a breakthrough. Yeah. It does date itself by mentioning a Dwayne Wade in the same same sense. Well, it's like I live near De Niro. You know, like, I don't know. Do the the kids know who De Niro is now? (laughs) Why are they talking about money? Well, this may be the... If you go back and we have to do this tomorrow, kind of take stock. Tomorrow may be the first time that we go back and like uh, do the full recap of the whole week. You know, like Casey Casey used to come on and say, and here's last week's top five before we begin. <laughs> you know, because this has been a week for the ages as far as variety. When it really you think has, about it. actually. Yes, because yeah. yesterday was James Taylor and Tony Bennett. Although he did sing New York, New York. He covered it after uh, Frank Sinatra did it, right? I'm expecting Ready? Polka Ready? tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go maybe learn you, some poetry. Maybe you could explain country music to Brett Jensen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Brett, Brett Jensen's on his vacation, and when he's on his vacation, and if you follow him on Twitter, then you know this, he tweets He tweets about every place that he goes. He did that last summer in Ukraine, and now uh, I guess he's out west, and he's getting set to go to the Super Bowl on Sunday, and he's going to that golf tournament out there, the Waste Management uh, Open, is it yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. But last night, uh, in classic Jensen fashion, he tweets about going... <laughs> It had going backstage. Yes, yes, as you know, kind of like uh, going on the Today Show for a second time. Hey, uh, mm. going backstage. <laughs> he said, "I'm backstage at a concert. I have VIP access, but I have no idea who this I is." I don't know who these people are. Oh no, he it's Jason Aldean, isn't it? No. It's actually Dustin Lynch and Laney, the girl from Yellowstone. Yeah. Laney, ben uh, Dutton. No, the singer Laney. Oh, 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 the new girl that they they keep featuring as a singer and kind of a character, a love interest on the show. Oh, okay, I know who that is. Hang on, I'm going to pull up his, uh, because I want to read it correctly. (laughs) You hear it in the Jensen voice. I totally do, because everything that he says, he's like, He says, so so now I'm at a country concert with backstage passes, and I've never, if you were Brent, you would say, I've literally never heard. Literally never heard. I've literally never heard of this. Like, I'm so excited I have, he's like, I'm so not excited that I have backstage passes. But he took a picture of the marquee of the names. Yeah, it's it's, uh, Dustin Lynch with Lainey Wilson Wilson. and Chris Lane. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So, uh, Which is not a bad lineup. It's I mean, not a bad lineup. He says, in case you can't tell, I'm not a country music person. Well, he told me the other day, because I, I like country music. I mean, I, I, I especially, I loved 90s country music. I mean, when Shania Twain first hit the... She's hit, back, you know. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. But he came in and he's like, I literally, Beth... Oh, my God. He said, literally. <laughs> he said, I literally, Beth, when I found out I was moving to North Carolina, I cried. I cried because I thought all I was going to hear was country music. And he was like, and I was five. Is that a good, is that a good <laughs> impersonation? Pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, what? How can you not like country music? It tells delightful So stories. he was even this way at five? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what none I said it, to him. None of us knew him at five, but we can all imagine him that way at five. We like, can picture it. He probably had on like a sweater vest. He probably tattled on the other kindergartners. I got breaking news. <laughs> Timmy over there was running with scissors. <laughs> Uh, I love Brett, but he does. I mean, he, he has he has the literally thing that he says, and then he also, if you notice, if he goes into a press conference, he'll always start up by going, "I'm just curious." <laughs> so can't you see on the first day of kindergarten, he walks up to the teacher, "I'm just curious. What time is kindergarten? What time is lunch today?" <laughs> yeah, what time is lunch? <laughs> Breaking news: They have pizza. Where's the extra glue? I picture him in a sweater vest and those little black and white shoes. You know, like like. Uh, what do they get? They called saddle shoes. Uh huh. Saddle, saddle shoes, shoes and and something pink. In a pink sweater vest yeah, or pink pants. So when I hate country music, <laughs> Mrs. Zuccarella. I feel, like, I feel like we're getting him back here because every exactly. time every time I'm off, every time I'm off and I end up like I told you all last uh, was a Friday a few weeks ago when I was off that day and Beth was off too and, and Zoke was in here. I, I I turned it on one time and what I heard was it takes one Brett. To fill in for a bow and a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. why you heard that that one time you tuned in? <laughs> because because he second. said it every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Brett Jensen. We know you're not listening because you're asleep right now. Yep. So. I'll in, send it to him. He's in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Especially the impersonation. The impersonation part. He's going to be like, that's uncanny, man. Breaking he'll, news. Beth will, can impersonate me. He will uh, text us back and say, that was literally the best segment <laughs> that's ever been on this radio station. Maybe it will make him happy. Maybe it will make him, like, super excited. About something. He says he says that he's really a happy-go-lucky guy. Mm-hmm. He says that he is. Mostly go-lucky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's out west. So uh, I don't know. He ate it in an out burger, though. He did have it in an out burger. Way to that. go, Brent Jensen. Wait, double. Double burger. Yep, he I had saw. the double double, which is the, if you like meat, that's what you get. I don't he like says, a lot of meat. Of course, the first order of business in Phoenix is in an out burger. The golf and Super Bowl parties can wait. 100% positive he, he went to the one that... Uh, you know, I, so I have a picture. I should tweet this picture out of me sitting in the drive-thru at In-N-Out with an In-N-Out, like, paper hat on <laughs> and, like, a drink and a burger. Like, I was a commercial for it, but I guarantee you it was that In-N-Out. Did you go to the In-N-Out burger at Chernobyl when he was out there that one time? <laughs> That's Aww. a good question. I think so. <laughs> Never seems to open. The burger uh, had eyeballs. Bow and bam. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Every weekend on demand, this is the Good Morning BT Podcast. I believe... Every day's a good day when you paint. I believe, I believe, it'll bring a lot of good thoughts to your heart. I believe, I believe, every day's a good day when you paint. This one's for John Moore. Thank you. I believe, it'll bring a lot of good thoughts to your heart. It's about 10 years ago when PBS started remixing a lot of these old shows. They did one for Mr. Rogers, and this yeah. is Bob Ross. <laughs> I love it. John Moore has been known to wear his... You're not. It's not today. No. Do you have a shirt, though. What does it say? Bob Marley shirt. No, not today. Your, your other Bob shirt. Oh, yeah. Every little thing will be all right is today. The other yeah. one is just him painting. Looking, <laughs> Bob Ross. Looking handsome. I... 
I'm not going to lie. I think I've seen every episode of Bob Ross painting. And I, I don't think I've seen any. Oh my gosh, y'all. It's I so peaceful. loved it. The sound of his little spatula. Did you just hitting. say you've never watched one? I mean, I've seen moments, but uh, like I've never seen like a whole right. painting get happened. Let's soak in 40 that was even a sentence. Let's soak in 45 Let's soak in 45 seconds for for Jim Zoki okay. here. Tell you what. Let's start today with a small amount of the phthalo blue. And we'll just use the old 2-inch brush. What the heck? What let's the heck? Tap a little color right into the bristles. Tap, Takes tap, very tap, little tap. color. And let's go up in here, and we'll start. We'll just make little crisscross strokes, like so. And we'll just very quickly just, just drop in a happy little sky here. Oh, it's just happy. <laughs> Did you paint along with there him when you do it? Like, does anyone actually follow along and do what he's doing? I think they do. I always wanted to, but my mom wouldn't buy me a canvas. Mm. And it gets lighter or paint. and lighter <laughs> as it goes down. Or brushes. Or brushes. Or a TV. Lighter and lighter. And in the landscape... That helps yeah, for that reason, I'm out. I just can't. Distance. <laughs> you would have bailed, you would have bailed yeah, by now? Yeah, I'm too ADD for this. Oh, it's so spectacular. No, it's too slow. I and can't. then he would paint some kind of awesome background with a mountain and like a river. And then he'd put a big old tree right in the middle. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, he's ruining the whole thing. And then you'd step back and it was perfect. It, it looked perfect. What's that tree doing, you would think, as yeah. you were looking at it? What's that tree doing? It's just a happy little tree. It's happy. That's all we know. Well, and he had this little squirrel that lived in his little pocket. Oh. Wait, wait. Time out. What? A little squirrel lived in his pocket? <laughs> I never, I never knew. Like, Jim didn't watch it, but I did, and I didn't know what that What episode part. were you watching? Do you remember the squirrel that lived no. in his little pocket? Did I missed I, that one. Did I dream You sure that wasn't Bullwinkle or something? <laughs> you sure it wasn't? Moose? You sure it wasn't a dancing owl? Bob Ross's squirrel. Somebody has to remember this. He had a squirrel. That it was, was like yesterday. A, it's a gerbil. It was, that was yesterday. I was teaching owls to tap this. Look, look, here's pictures. Bob Ross's squirrel. What? He had like a little squirrel. And I he, can't even see it. From he would here. just put it in his pocket, and it would. Wow, like, I, I've never seen that. Like a real squirrel, or is it like a? It puppet? was a real squirrel. I think he <laughs> rescued it. See, the, there it is in his pocket. There's the picture of Bob Ross's squirrel. I need to see this. That's Glenn Campbell. Head in his pocket. <laughs> Wow. So, um, Wait, that's a real squirrel. It's it is a real pocket. squirrel. It's a, weir- a real squirrel that he had in his pocket. I'm telling you, I saw every episode of Bob Ross. What kind of drugs? I think he rescued it, and it was like his little, pet. Put, it was a little pet. You never know what somebody's got in their pocket. That's, that's the true. Thing. That's true. Now, there's a reason why we're talking about Bob Ross. Did anybody in the room see the uh, Mr. Rogers movie where Tom Hanks was Mr. Rogers? Yeah, I, I did, yet. and I loved it. You did like it. I, I did. I did because of the journey that the that it took the the sun on i mean it was a, a journey of self-discovery and it, it got me in all my feels did you think that tom hanks like did because mr rogers i mean all of us or most of us bernie did you ever watch mr rogers okay so we grew up on mr rogers or we, we watched the real mr rogers there's only one mr rogers so then tom hanks one of the great actors uh, you're supposed to suspend belief and then think he's mr rogers did you find yourself doing that there were moments where I could. I mean, because I think of Tom Hanks kind of the way you think of Mr. Rogers, just right. a really good guy. Um, I, I thought he did a great job of capturing the the quiet serenity of Mr. Rogers, but you still could see Tom Hanks. Can sure. anybody in the room think of Owen Wilson as Bob Ross? No, not uh, if I were just no. thinking about casting. No. Well, here you go. It's hard not to feel a little lost as we begin. Just take it all in. When's the last time you heard someone say something that interesting? There is nothing like having the one you hold dearest, nearest, when the world turns cold. John Moore, are you skeptical? Going to 
Christmas. I, I'm highly dubious of that. <laughs> Just sounds so, like Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson is uh, is going to be Bob Ross in this new movie, Paint. And the teaser trailer was released yesterday. That's what you're listening to. Who plays the squirrel in his pocket? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I would like to raise my hand to be that. Good. Good. Be the squirrel. Well, so it's a Bob Ross-inspired character. His character is actually named Carl Nagel in the... Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I oh, so he's not. I just completely botched this whole segment, so it's <laughs> no, not a documentary? No, it's 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 not really a biopic, or as Bo would say, a biopic. It's it's more um, the character is inspired by Bob Ross, and this is supposed to be a, a comedy, actually. It's kind of a dark comedy, which in my brain now, after seeing the trailer, I'm kind of picturing it. As Anchorman meets one of those, um, what are the the Thomas Anderson films? Is it Thomas Anderson that has all the weird films? Are you thinking of Christopher Guest? No, but I do love those. I'm 0 for 2. I'm hearing wedding crashers when I'm listening to it. Well, exactly, but the thing that just sounds like Owen Wilson to me. The thing that Owen Wilson does have is he does have that quiet voice sometimes when he talks, which is a very Bob Ross trait because Bob Ross never raised his voice past a certain you know little decibel level. So, like I said, Owen Wilson stars (laughs) as Carl Nargle, (laughs) Vermont's number one public TV painter, and this new movie, Paint, is coming out. uh, Let's see, Uh, it's coming out on April seventh. So I'm, there you go. I'm I'm here for it. So it's a work of fiction. It's not like a documentary. Exactly. The best of Bo and Beth. Good morning, BT. News Talk 1110 WBT. Bo and Beth here. And uh, as promised, in studio, ahead of the big game coming up a few days. This is becoming tradition. I like this. The uh, longest running, longest tenured Carolina Panther of all time, J.J. Jansen, is back in the Ty Boyd studio. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm enjoying this tradition. I would rather be in Phoenix playing the Super Bowl, but if <laughs> this is this is the best option, too, I could come up with. This is plan B. Plan, yeah, this plan is the B. best plan, plan B possible. We'll call it, for, for today, we'll call it plan 1A. We're going to call um, it plan BT. I was about to say, <laughs> that actually is the most nice. fitting. Always branding. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, J.J. Jansen, David Chadwick. We have uh, Jim Zoki, WBT Sports Director, of course, and John Moore uh, behind the board there. Uh, so uh, the obvious question out of the gate here is uh, you're not in Arizona. So uh, since you're not, uh, who are you thinking is going to win that is in? Uh, I, I, if, I had to, if I had to place a bet someplace, I, I would probably pick Philly. Their, their team is fantastically built. They can win a number of different ways. They have Jalen Hurts, who is a second-round quarterback, who's playing far above what a second-round quarterback should play at. It's a testament to Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman and how they've built that team around uh, Jalen to do what he does best at a really high level. Um, I say all that in saying there's nobody better in the NFL than Patrick Mahomes. And so I think what you'll end up seeing is it, it will feel like at times Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey versus the Eagles. I think that will be sort of the, that will, but those two are so good that they can do it. But I, I would probably put my money on Philly. As, as I think you'll see is you're going to watch the offensive lines and the defensive lines. Who's winning that battle up front? If Kansas City can hold the, the Philly offensive line, who's probably the best in the league, and certainly they have two of the best all-time offensive linemen, Jason Kelsey, um, Lane Johnson, Hall of Famers. If they can hold those guys at bay... I think the tide switches to Kansas City, but if if you see a lot of green moving into the white of 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 the Kansas City defense, it's going to be a long day because uh, 
when when Philly's running the ball really well, they are impossible to stop. I know there's different degrees of high ankle sprains, obviously. All three Panther quarterbacks have them at some <laughs> yes. point. And usually hear that you hear a month, two months to, to recover. How is it that Patrick Mahomes, to whatever degree that high ankle sprain is, how amazing to you was it that he's able to play as effectively as he has? Look, he's played for six years running around like he had. He looks like he's always had a high ankle sprain, the way he kind of runs and jives around. Yeah. He is unbelievable. Um, he's playing at such a high level. I have no idea how he's this healthy this quickly. Um, he's, he's the league's best scrambler. Um, he scrambles to throw. That's an advantage. He just has to avoid pass rush to throw. Last week was an interesting stat. First time in over a year he'd been sacked on a scramble. Quarterbacks not taking sacks is such a value to teams because offensive linemen are going to lose their one-on-one battle every now and again. To be able to avoid a sack when under pressure and get the ball downfield, is, that's, that's what makes Patrick Mahomes unique. All of the throwing, all of the wild arm angles, it looks fun. What makes him great is avoiding sacks and making plays downfield. Um, two weeks removed, I would imagine he's much healthier than he was two weeks ago. And at times he looked like he wasn't even hurt last week. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be an interesting that'll – be, that'll be obviously something that the guys will monitor on, on Fox kind of going through the game. If Mahomes is moving well, that's going to be tough for Philly because – you, you can win and beat the offensive line and still not get home. That's frustrating for a defensive line. If you are a pro football player and you're not playing in the Super Bowl, what is it like just as a person to watch the game? Do you watch it or is it like being at work so you avoid it? Or I, is it just heartbreaking? I, or are you I, thinking, I can do that better? I think my good friend Christian McCaffrey said it best yesterday. I hope everybody loses. <laughs> you know, I think he's dead on. I think that's how football players think. I, I, I'll watch it. I love it. Uh, my wife can't watch it because she remembers seven years ago going to the Super Bowl and losing and how devastating that is. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's the culmination of a season. It's the culmination of everything that we do. Um, so it, I would be hard-pressed to not watch if I, was getting, you know, if I had that option. I, I think I'd want to always be in front of it. As for me, I love football. I love seeing these are two great teams, great kind of contrasting battles, but they're both – top at what they do um it'll be a fun it'll be a, a fun match and um i'm really looking forward to to watch it i mean do you just sit there and eat wings at a party like everybody <laughs> else does or no, you... no yeah i think you end up uh spending a lot of time trying to quiet everybody down because you want to hear what's going on you want to hear for me in particular i want to hear what greg says um and uh and and see how those guys are doing so you also get a lot of good insights when you have a really good you know broadcast crew so um, I'm trying to quiet everybody down because everyone comes to a Super Bowl party and nobody watches Super Bowl. Um, the, the best one I think I've ever watched was uh, New England versus Atlanta, the big comeback. There wasn't anybody in my house. I got to watch the whole <laughs> thing by myself. It was quiet. That, that was amazing. All right, hold that thought about Greg Olson because yeah. I want to ask you about him, how he's doing, and this whole added layer of uh, interest about what Tom Brady is going to do sure. and how he, he's going to figure into that. And, of course, when we come back, we got to talk about your new head coach, sure. Frank Reich. News Talk 1110 WBT. It's Bo and Beth and Jim Zoki. We have in-studio Panthers long snapper J.J. Jansen ahead of Super Bowl 57. Uh, we talked last segment about uh, some of the aspects of that game, but and and I want to, well, I want to. I was going to start with with Frank Reich, but we were talking off the. I kept thinking off the air, man. We this needs to be on the air. Uh, no, I feel like I just I had like a college course class in football. I feel like I'm an expert now just from listening. Because we asked you about Greg Olson, obviously has risen to the top 
of the field. I mean, he is uh, a lot of people would say now, and I know this is arguable because you have people like Collinsworth and Romo, but uh, there are a good number of people right now that would say uh, this a short amount of time into his career, he's the top analyst in all of football. Greg Olson was a, a former t- teammate of yours. Yeah. He's going to call the game this weekend with uh, Kevin Burkhart. Uh, you know Greg Olson well, and you've also been in the booth, kind of yeah. seeing him, him in action. Um, what are your thoughts about him so far? It's an interesting storyline now because Tom Brady retires. Yeah. They hired him to be the guy that Olson now is. Brady says a few days ago, I'm going to wait until 2024. You think that has anything to do with Olson, or is that all Brady just saying, I want to clear my head for a while? Uh, I'm not going to speculate, uh, but I will speculate and think, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with how good Greg's been. Um, he has, you know, he's said publicly, like, yeah, I get what I stepped into, but I'm going to make it as hard as, as I can. That's a very football player mentality. Yeah. To, all right, you, you, you get my replacement lined up. I'm going to make it as hard as I can on you to, to make this change. He's fantastic. The amount of prep work that goes in to what he does, I've, I've watched it firsthand many times. Uh, we've had long conversations before each of these games about what's about to happen and kind of what that looks like. Um, so I'm sort of privy to the stream of consciousness that starts on on Monday before a Sunday game all the way through the broadcast. Um, he loves doing it. You can hear it in the broadcast. Um, he enjoys who he works with. Um, and he's bringing a level of insight to the game that I think the fan really loves. Um, uh, he was a tight end. You know, As we've talked about, like many of the best football coaches in the game today were tight ends coaches. Uh, Sean McVay, Andy Reid, they were... They were tight ends coaches. You have to have an incredible command of run game, pass game, blocking, receiving, all of this stuff. Um, Greg brings that to the game. Um, Again, the amount of prep work, explaining the situations, what's happening up from a strategic standpoint. He has a really good command of that. And as as I've joked with him many times, um, he runs towards chaos, which is a broadcast really is on the on the backside of it. Oh, yeah. um, and if there isn't chaos, he has always created chaos <laughs> so that he could run into the chaos. So he's really good in that environment. All those inputs, what's happening on the field, doing all of um, all of the things that go into calling a game, and um, he's really excelled. Okay, so uh, Frank Reich, you have yeah. a new coach. Uh, I know you liked the last coach. A sure. lot of us did. He lands in San Francisco yeah. as the new uh, defensive coordinator. But uh, have you have you talked to Frank Reich yet? Haven't yet. We were out of uh, we, my wife and I were out of the country. A, after 15 years, we finally took an end of season vacation. It happened oh. to be on the week that um, happened to be on the week that there was an introductory press conference, and now the coaches are largely either scattered, Senior Bowl, all these sorts of things. So I haven't had a chance to talk to him. Uh, cool part of being, having been here for so long is I know so many of the old heads that played with Frank here when they when they first got when he first got here in '95. Um, I was so impressed when we played against them in the preseason two years ago. We went up to Indianapolis, watched him conduct his practice as we were doing the joint uh, the joint workouts, and just been super impressed with how he's run his team. You know, five years ago Philly was in the Super Bowl. He was the offensive coordinator, a real collaborative process in Philly on how to build an offense. He goes to Indy. Obviously, it's been well-documented. Andrew Luck retires. They go through a ton of quarterbacks. Life is hard in the NFL without a premier quarterback. And uh, I don't know if you guys have heard that before. But, uh, <laughs> but he, I think he did a really exceptional job in Indianapolis. I'm really excited that he's going to be our head coach uh, leading it leading us here. And I, I think one of the special things, though, is he knows this place. 
Um, he knows how special Charlotte is. They've, they, he and his wife and kids have built this as a home since his playing days. Uh, obviously, he was in seminary, ran a church at, here. So he understands the culture, understands what this place is all about, understands football, great offensive mind, knows what it's like to be a head coach. Uh, highly, highly qualified. I think the fans are going to fall in love with him and the team that, that he builds. Um, that being said, obviously, we were all very disappointed for Coach Wilkes. He did a fantastic job. I think it's going to be a very cool thing to see the baton that Coach Wilkes will leave for, for Coach Reich because um, I think what we did the last three months of this season will really kind of propel us forward here into, into 2023. And then I'm obviously thrilled for, for Coach Wilkes going to San Francisco, a great place for him to be. Kyle Shanahan, a fantastic offensive coach. Uh, they've obviously been uh, a top team now for five or six years. So I think at the end of the day, all has worked out well for everybody. Um, obviously, I'm primarily concerned with, with the Panthers. Um, and so I'm thrilled to get to work uh, for Coach Reich. Um, it, it, should be a, it should be a fun next three or four years here for, for the Panthers. I have a Frank Reich question for David Chadwick. In your opinion, tougher job since Frank has done both being a head football coach or being lead pastor at a church? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would right now take on the head coaching job in the NFL. I, I think it's probably, no, the both of them are challenging, and you just got to feel called. That's the bottom line. Well, uh, Sunday, 8 o'clock a.m., that is a more long form of this conversation that we just had because uh, J.J. is going to be your guest on the David Chadwick Show. Yeah, we're going to be able to talk about uh, the very things that J.J. is talking about as well, but also talk about some of the players who have deep faith and how that is expressed, not the least of which is Patrick Mahomes himself, and then also J.J.'s absolute prediction <laughs> for who he thinks is going to win the game. That's at the end of the show. All right. Well, it's great to see you. Uh, it's always, it. We love I mean, having you in here. This is a fun tradition. Doors. Hopefully we don't do it next year. Hopefully we'll be, uh, <laughs> Hopefully you're busy. Be yeah. I don't even know where the Super Bowl yeah. is next year, but yes. next year I'll root for the Panthers. Uh, I don't have to root against everybody else. You love this seg- segment so much, but what we really hope is that uh, you know it's going to be like five years. Remember we used to go back a long time ago, uh, you know, before the Super Bowl, because we've been in it so many well, we times recently. Him if it happens, right? Yeah, we'll exactly. call you at the call, Super Bowl. Call me up on uh, Thursday morning. We'll do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, he'll come on, but but Brett Jensen won't. Exactly. <laughs> All right. The best of. Bow and Beth. This is Good Morning BT. There's that picture that was going around ever since LeBron broke the record the other night. There's that picture of him shooting that shot that broke Kareem's all-time scoring record. And then somebody on Twitter juxtaposed it right beside the Michael Jordan shot from 1998 uh, when he took that last shot for the Chicago Bulls and they, they won that sixth championship. And it said, uh, look at the crowd in each of the pictures. And... Um, in the 1998 picture, everybody was staring at Michael. Mm-hmm. In uh, the 2023 picture, they were staring at LeBron through their phones. Mm-hmm. And I made the comment, we got to talking about this, and so it uh, obviously morphed in several directions, but one of which was, I, 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 I hate this phenomenon now that when you go to a concert, everybody feels the need, or a lot of people feel the need, to record the whole concert or whole songs on their phones, mm-hmm. sometimes obscuring the guy sitting behind you. Obscuring the view and the, and the, the experience because you go to a live show for the experience. I'm not going to lie. We talked about it in that segment. I have recorded moments from concerts. I, I have one open on my phone right now from the New Kids on the Block concert last July. I did record 
Joey McIntyre singing one of my favorite songs. Um, but I didn't record the whole thing. I just recorded the beginning of it because I didn't want to miss Joey McIntyre being so close to my seats. Did you I ever find for. Spinderella on the other one? Is she, do you have any Spinderella? I do have Spinderella. Cool. Cause, okay. Yeah, because Salt and Pepper, they were part of that concert as oh, well. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. But I am with you on life is supposed to be experienced in real time. And if you're watching life go through on your phone or you're only thinking about life in terms of a social media post or only thinking about travel and experiences in terms of a social media post, then you're missing out on the truth of the experience itself and the it, the emotion and the 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 awe that comes from watching someone with great talent like a LeBron James or like a New Kids on the Block. I know that you could argue that that's not great talent, but oh no, mind. I have my own example over here. Oh yeah, yeah, I have my own example. If we were going to say who is Bo's example that he would actually tape video footage of at a concert, who would it be? Oh, oh, it would be, um, it would be, um, it would be, uh, yeah, Huey Lewis. Oh my gosh, I couldn't think of his name. Oh, and you have it. I went to see, I went to see Huey Lewis in Rock Hill with my buddy Carl East about five years ago, and he came out on stage, and it makes me laugh about what he said about Rock Hill, South Carolina. Listen. Who knew it was here? Well, that's the thing. To a degree, you're right, because he performed it like a makeshift, like they set up chairs. And they called it, like I can't remember exactly what they called it, but the, in fact, it was like the Rock Hill Amphitheater. And people asked me where I, where I saw Huey, and I said, the Rock Hill Amphitheater. And they said, wait a minute. Where's there's, that? There's not a Rock Hill Amphitheater, but they at the town hall there, they set up chairs. Oh, what a fun concert so that was. He was saying, Rock Hill, who knew they had all these Huey Lewis fans? And, and the joke was kind of also like, who knew that there was a place to go see Huey in Rock Hill? But... Back to my original point. I took a moment of, of footage. Right, right. Because you wanted, you. yeah, you wanted to remember the feeling. I, I have played mine back. It's just on my phone. The, the best part of, uh, of the, the memory of that is you can hear me on the other side of the phone going, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, play, I want to hear it play. It. Let's, see if I, let's see if it'll play. <laughs> My phone suddenly turned black and white. Why did that happen? I don't know, because that's how old that footage is. No. <laughs> this was from a 2000, no, 1998. No, it was, it was but that was, uh, that was Beth, uh, you know, filming a little Joey McIntyre at the New Kids. I've got the Huey Lewis thing. I got a note from a listener who just said, I'm surprised that you would be speaking out against taking pics or videos being taken at an event or an attraction by others. Is that not very similar to you recording your show daily so you can go back and pull special clips to use when you produce station promos. You are preserving special moments for recall later on. It's kind of like Kodak moments. Enjoy your program, says Gary. To which I would say, well, Gary, first of all, thanks for reaching out and sending it, and thanks for listening. My answer would be, uh, no, uh, it's different in that when I... When I make, uh, when I go back and, and you're right, I do. I go back and get clips from the show daily to make promos and stuff, but I'm taking it from the actual source material, meaning it's the professional footage. And when we're in here, we're it, we're experiencing every second of, yeah. of this show. I mean, we we are. If, if if people could see what's going on in the studio, we <laughs> are locked in on each other. Yes. And and I mean, there are no. 
except for when Bo and I secretly text each other, you know, during the course of the of the show. Well, <laughs> no, that's a whole nother podcast. But but his example, I mean, if you follow me here, Gary's example would be like uh, somebody out there in this, on a staticky radio recording it on their phone and then sending it to me and say, make show promos out of this. Right. Playing it back. Right. From a record. Yeah. From. Yeah. The, yeah. You so, know, it strikes me, Bo, that thing you got from Huey Lewis. I don't know if you could. Can you actually find that anywhere else where he said, hey, Rock Hill, who knew? Is that professionally recorded and distributed anywhere? You saved a moment that. Yeah. No, now, in that That's case, true, yeah. as did Beth with Joey McIntyre. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So, Nobody has that. <laughs> so I'm not against, you know, moments. And, and you're right, John Moore. I caught one, which is a unique moment. I mean, it's Huey Lewis at the Rock Hill Amphitheater, where half of people in Rock Hill would say, where's that? Yeah, no, no one was televising that particular show. for, or, But you also had the live experience, and you committed it to memory and the emotion of it. And I'm sure that you were like a giddy schoolgirl at, uh, at that show. Schoolboy. Schoolboy. Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm admitting enough that I, you know, still have the footage on my phone and now. Um, but, yeah, so, Gary, I understand what you're saying. But to me, the difference is, is that and my kind of my point is, if I want to go and watch the concert that I'm at uh, in video form, I'll wait. You know, I'll wait for the professionally done mixed and HD version that I can take home and watch on a big screen, not one that. Sounds like this on my phone. You know, should we put uh, we should put Gary in a promo. Do you think Gary was on the kick drum? <laughs> come 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 <laughs> on the kick drum i think he might be tomorrow that's gary and you know what the bed we call it the bed and the music bed's gonna be uh-huh <laughs> all together now for gary every weekend on demand this is the best of beth and bo podcast That's uh, that's twice Lizzo in about a week's period. That's two Fridays of Lizzo, actually. Maybe this is going to be a theme. A new thing. Happy Friday. Happy Lizzo Friday. Bo and Beth and the Zoke and John Moore. It's been a big week of songs. It has been a big week of songs. But you're coming off a very interesting Thursday once you (laughs) left work yesterday. Actually, it was interesting while you were at work yesterday, but once you left work, it got even more interesting. I had a doc. I cannot make this stuff up. (laughs) We should just have a camera crew follow you around all day, documenting all this. It'd be a really fun reality show, right? Just like, what? They'd be like, this isn't real. It really is. Wait a minute. Are you all ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) I had a... um, Doctor's appointment yesterday. I'm, I'm flying to uh, Los Angeles uh, after the show today, and I was I had what I thought was fluid in my ear, and so I went to the ear doctor in order to have the fluid removed because I didn't want my ears to bother me on the flight. And so I was kind of panicked about getting this fluid removed from my ear. So I go in. I'm sitting down with my doctor. I was like, I, you know, I have fluid in my right ear, and I, you know, my eardrums have ruptured on planes before, and I just want to make sure before I fly that everything's fine. So he gets his little you know, tube that you stare into, the little eyeglass thing that you put in your ear. And he's, he's in there looking at my ear and he says, um, 
do you have a dog? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have two dogs, actually. He's like, what, what color is your dog? And I was like, well, I have a, I have a tan dog and I have a black dog. He's like, aha! <laughs> and he Did he really say that? Aha! Aha! Wait, so we have a um, followed by a aha! Aha! And a giant pair of tweezers that then he like pokes around and then pulls out. What I thought was fluid in my ear was an actual chihuahua hair poking into my eardrum. (laughs) Because, of course, that's what it was. (laughs) How close are you with your dogs? Well, I think <laughs> how does so, that even happen? Exactly. Well, here's the, that's I, t- I immediately when I'm leaving the doctor's office, you know, I text you guys and I was like, look, I know you guys are just dying to have an update on my ear. <laughs> but what I thought was fluid was really a chihuahua here. And the first gift that comes to me is uh, is Jim Zoki. And it was like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> so here's this is the crazy thing, though, because I looked at the doctor and I said to him, like, is this the weirdest thing you've pulled out of an ear today? And he was like, this is the third dog hair I've pulled out of an ear today. Oh, wow. Third. So wow. here's what I think. I mean, I sleep with my dogs. I know that people say you're not supposed to sleep with your dogs, but I have two tiny little chihuahuas and they sleep in the bed with us. So I think maybe and my, my, my tiniest dog is small enough to fit in my ear. So she probably like sleeps in my ear or something and I don't know about it at night. But I think that's probably the culprit. You know, just dogs in my bed. Well, I mean, my dog, I only have one, but she sleeps in our bed. Oh, she does? Yeah. Well, that makes me happy. See, I don't feel so weird now. But I've had dogs the majority of my adult life who have slept in my bed. And this is the first time I've had a chihuahua here in my eardrum. I like how she says chihuahua. Like, you know, first time I've had a chihuahua here. I've had like, you know, a beagle hair. I had a couple of German shepherd hairs. Um, No, I mean, my dog before these two chihuahuas was also a chihuahua, so... I've had the last 25 years of my life have revolved around chihuahuas. I guess it's bound to happen. But just the fact that we'd have to, like, you know, actually think of the angle of the hair having to get all the way to your eardrum. Yeah. I mean, it's not unusual to have a dog hair on you or something, but to go into your ear like that. And then poke straight into it. So it was like poke. So what I thought was fluid (laughs) when I could hear a clicking and a swooshing sound in my ear was the dog hair going kink, 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 kink against my eardrum. (laughs) Wait, it did what? It did what with your eardrum? Kinking, kinking. <laughs> so it was the weirdest day. I so. texted my husband immediately. I was like, "Well, so it was Zoe. It was my dog." So you can even identify which dog. Yeah, because by the color exactly. So it was Zoe's hair, the little the little black Chihuahua. Now I had uh, adventures with my dog last night. My dog. Uh, I'll just put it this way. Uh, the, stom- the stomach was rumbling last night. Ow. So I don't know how often your dogs get up. Do they get up in the middle of the night? Do you have to take them out? S- sometimes. And that's the hardest thing for us, mm-hmm. the hours that we work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my dogs will wake up at like 1 a.m. Ah, no. Wow. I still have two hours to sleep. There's, o- there's only thing worse than 1 a.m. It's 2.50. Oh. <laughs> but so my dog, let's just put it this way. My dog usually, sometimes she'll sleep all the way through the night. Most nights it'll happen once. And if it's before 3 a.m., I'll do it. If it's mm-hmm. after 3 a.m., like if it's, if it's after 3 a.m., I've got my, my process. And if my wife will do it because she, I really don't have time to waste after that point. Uh, but, but last night my dog got up four times. Oh. And um, 
Yeah. Didn't she had a little upset tummy. What'd you feed her? <laughs> I don't know. We're a chihuahua. To... Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but this made me laugh yesterday. This is not related to last night, but, you know, we all have our, we've talked about this before, our various uh, alarms, and some of us have multiple alarms and backup alarms to right. get up at weird hours like 3 a.m. and such. But I saw somewhere just coincidentally yesterday, somebody says, you know, the surefire way to have your alarm make you jump out of bed every single time is to make it the sound of either your dog about to uh, have an issue with her stomach or your dog. Because my dog gets up and shakes off. Yeah. And like last night, if the dog got up and shaked off, the first thing I'm thinking is i got to pop out of bed before she uh, wait, you know, does it before she gets outside. Before she paints the carpet. Mm, yes, exactly. <laughs> and there were, uh, there were a few uh, divots that I had to clean up at 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> so, thing. So. Well, it's always good to repair your divots on the course. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to leave them for your wife later in the morning. No. As they say in the movie Pretty Woman, watch out for the steaming divot. Yes. <laughs> and I just texted my wife before we started the show, and I said, uh, I did my best to uh, take care of those at 3 a.m., but I might not have been uh, as pinpoint accurate as I am uh, when the day is light. You might need zero res to come clean your carpet. <laughs> well, there you go. It all comes back to the now, sponsors. By the way, before we go to traffic, you said that Zoke's uh, meme... Ryan Reynolds' meme was the, or, or GIF was the first one you got. Uh-huh. The first technical message you got in response to this yesterday was from me. Yes. Which said, well, that's at least two segments tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for writing the show today. <laughs> I know, right? That's right. Zoe. We uh, didn't have to research anything. That's right. Our dogs just did the first segment. That's exactly right. And Lizzo. And, well, Your and dog, Lizzo. my dogs, and Lizzo. This is the best of Bo and Beth. On to Matt. Yeah, I think we'll be okay on road conditions, mainly uh, a cold rain falling, a little bit of snow may mix in with that. And if we get a, uh, a warm layer nosing in, we may have a brief period of sleep. But for the most part, a cold rain may be mixed with a few snowflakes. Now, across the foothills, we could get maybe a dusting to a half inch or inch of snow. And uh, as you get up into the mountains, that's where the biggest impacts will be. And we mentioned the winds. Those will certainly be a factor here locally as well as we head from Saturday night into Sunday, this area of low pressure resulting in wind gusts out of the northeast potentially near 30 or 40 miles per hour. So if you're planning on uh, getting some uh, treats for the Super Bowl on Sunday or maybe some early Valentine's Day shopping, today is your best bet. Mild weather with 60s and scattered showers. It gets windy and a little bit cooler tomorrow, but the uh, worst of the weather as far as the cold air and the gusty winds from Saturday night into Sunday. And then after we see those gusty winds and the possible dusting of snow as we head into the next part of the work week, are we going to see that melt away and we come back to these little, um, I, don't, I call them like tempting little spring <laughs> kisses we get? Yes, a yes, uh, little spring preview. Yeah, we're going to warm right back up early next week. We'll see sunshine and uh, get close to 60 for highs both on Monday and for Valentine's Day on Tuesday. The next round of rain will then move in on Tuesday night. And then temperatures will trend even warmer through the middle portion of next week, uh, Wednesday into the low 60s, probably around the 70-degree mark with some rainfall moving through on Thursday. So uh, certainly feel more like winter as we head from tomorrow night into Sunday, but then temperatures rebound as we head into the start of next week, right back up into the 60s by Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, Jeff, uh, this is your challenge for the rest of the day in the forecasting that you do to work the phrase, tempting little spring kisses <laughs> into what you said. Just in time for Valentine's Day. That's exactly. exactly. That's right. And then if, if you say that, you have to say uh, credit Beth Troutman. Yeah, I'm, I'm trademarking it, man. all the credit for that. <laughs> That's all, right. all right, man. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. No problem. We'll keep you updated. All right. Thanks. Off he goes. Tempting little spring kisses. Isn't that kind of what it feels like? You know, do you remember that song um, when we were in college that it felt like springtime on this February morning as I lay me no. <laughs> Obviously, no, no, or I'd be pulling it up <laughs> <No>. right now. <laughs> okay. I'm just 
gonna I'm gonna go take a coffee break. <laughs> Six forty three. Well, maybe maybe Pam maybe Pam knows that one. Pam, I don't know. do you ever know what I'm talking about? It's like a, like a girl singing. It's like if that like springtime. I'm sorry, I don't. But the only thing I can think about is now every time I talk about a wreck, I'm gonna say about bumpers kissing. <laughs> oh, see, you can turn it. It makes it sound so much better. Wait, yeah. Wait, come on, Pam. Wait, she just gave you a huge clue as to who it was. Did you not hear what she said? <laughs> it was a girl. A girl singing. <laughs> Yeah, I heard that part. I was like, uh, let's narrow well, that, that down a little Well, bit. that narrows it down. Okay. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it, guys. Well, while you're doing traffic, I'm going to look up a girl singing in my computer here. See if it's not in Bo's bank, then yeah. then it doesn't exist. It, yeah, my, maybe I wrote this song just in my head on warm spring days. A girl singing. You did find it. It's like springtime on this February morning. In the courtyard, birds were singing your praise. Well, you know, if you'd given me a little more to work with, <laughs> other than it's this this girl singer. <laughs> I know you, you said the lyrics, and something about it resonated. But uh, then you said, uh, then we figured out it's it's Sophie B. Hawkins. Sophie B. Hawkins. I, I googled the lyric. It felt like springtime on this February yeah. morning. It really is real. It wasn't just in my head. But if we're going to play Sophie B. Hawkins, I mean, I, I'd rather... we got to go down this room. This was a song right here. I remember the first time I heard this, and I was like, wow, that's different. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, think about being a girl in here in this song for yeah. the first time. I don't know that I fully... <laughs> It was uh, upon a few more listens and uh, examining the lyrics further that I got the whole scope of this song. Oh, I might not know the scope of this song. I may have just said something that I, like, woo, imagine being a female hearing this song. I don't know. Beth's going to have an interesting uh, news break coming up. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave it at that. I don't know. Oh, Oh, no. My face is red. There's a lot going on in this song right here, especially for when it came out in, uh, I want to say, was it 1994, if my math is correct there? Uh, The summer of 1994, Sophie B. Hawkins. That seems about right, because I remember it from my senior year of high school, which was 94 into 95, so... I don't know if John Moore knows what we're about to tell him, and Uh-oh. we're going to have to unload this one on Zoki in a few minutes, too. But I, I saw this you... one yesterday. I told you a story about something that happened very early in my marriage one time. This is early in the days of our show here, um, probably six, seven months ago. And we were talking, I think we were talking one day about arguments that you had with your spouse. Like, do you remember the first big argument that yeah, you ever had? Yeah, yours was about a Christmas tree. Yes. Uh, it was about the Christmas tree, getting it in the small little apartment uh, door of where we were staying. And, and I grew up and my family always got these big old fat, thick Christmas trees. And so I wanted to get a big old fat, thick Christmas tree in our tiny little apartment. Uh-huh. And um, that's the last time I got a big old... In fact, <laughs> we even, like five or six years later, had a fake Christmas tree, mm. <laughs> which in my family is like, what? Because wow. we used to go cut them down in the mountains. Uh, but anyway... We you started and Clark ta- w. Griswold. Uh, seriously, we thought we were, and, and then, uh, uh, but we were talking about arguments. And this was not a huge argument. It's really the first time that my wife pulled a fast one on me. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I know exactly because I've done this to my husband too. Because you guys both eat like five year olds. Do you remember the the first time that you? If you've told me this on the air, I've forgotten. But have you have you pulled have you done the old bait and switch with a, with a meal before? I've tried. I've tried to sneak vegetables into his diet. All right. So 
I'm looking at the clock here, and it's actually more fitting that we we hang on till Zoki gets in here because I want I want the full effect of this with John Moore and Zoki, and maybe George will be here by then because Chick Fil A is about to try something on their menu. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, they're about to try something, and I love Chick Fil A, and so many people love Chick Fil A. But I got to tell you, if if I bit into this and didn't know what was coming, I don't know how I'd be feeling about Chick-fil-A after that. I'm going to uh, tell you that I'm here for it, Chick-fil-A. I had a feeling you would be. So uh, that is a that is a massive tease to hang on with us in five minutes, because if you're a, if you're a Chick-fil-A aficionado, uh, this is either going to this is either going to double down everything you've ever loved about them. or You're going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. But before I go there, what was the thing that you bait and switched not that they're bait and switching, but I, I, this is akin to a story where I was bait and switched. That's why I'm, this is what makes me think of this, and it'll all make sense in just a few minutes. But what did you try to make Craig think he was eating? Oh, I've done it a ton of times. I have tried um, smashed cauliflower instead of mashed potatoes. I have um, snuck zucchini into chicken burger patties. <laughs> I have snuck things like sweet potatoes. And you said tried. Yeah, so it didn't work. It did not work. My husband absolutely hates onions, and I sneak onions into everything, and he can pick them out like a bloodhound. (laughs) Well, um, Chick Fil A is not trying to sneak something because you have to order it by name. But what they're doing, uh, well, it will always it will remind me of what my wife tried to do one time, and you actually just said it in one of those. Uh So we'll continue this conversation. This is actually going a test market on Monday at Chick Fil A's. And as I understand it, I do believe Charlotte is one of the test markets. I'm going to be one of the first in line, y'all. I can't wait till you hear what it is. Uh, hang on. We'll tell you what we're talking about momentarily. Happy Friday, everybody. Six minutes past seven o'clock on WBT. Bobeth, Jim, and John. The moment I wake. My makeup, I say a little prayer for you. Walk home in my hair now and wondering what just Beth is acting out all the words. <laughs> I say a little prayer I'm actually for doing the, the scene from my best friend's wedding. Yep. See, I think everybody who's the same age as, as we are or close to it thinks of that movie. It's like one of the greatest movie scenes. Because this song had a rebirth in that movie. And this is not the version that was in that movie. Uh, uh, now I can't remember the lady's name. Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick is here, but it was Diana King oh. who had the song that was uh, became a hit again after that movie back in, what, 1995 or 6, I'm thinking? Uh, but we're playing this because the guy who wrote this song and so many other songs, a lot of songs you may not even realize were his, but Burt Bacharach. Oh, yeah. Passed away at the age of 94. Yesterday, so I think of the Austin Powers movie too. I do, ladies too. and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach, yeah. and he's on like the back of a bus or something, yeah. a truck, like driving through City Vegas, <laughs> playing the piano. Uh-huh. Well, we can do that if you want. Bose Magic Box will have that. Yeah, Bose right Magic here. Box has that scene. Mr. Burt Bacharach. <laughs> <laughs> Just for some, but everyone. I promise I'm gonna get to the Chick fil A story here. (laughs) 
but I love how it morphs into sort of the Austin Powers version of this song here yeah. in a second. Right here. <laughs> Hey, I'm Beth, or she's Beth, I'm Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it Bill Walker that did that? I'm Debbie Fabia. Do you remember that? Did he read yeah, it off yeah. the prompter? Yes, you read the wrong line. I'm Debbie Fabia. <laughs> no, you're not, Bill. That's what makes it even worse. I have no teleprompter. I just basically now, you she, you've been here almost a year, and if you're wondering what effect you have on me, I am now you. You did have, you did have a new promo? Yes. Well, he was listening to a Sophie B. Hawkins story, a song, so maybe that's what But I, to But I was thinking right there, I, had, I was picturing Austin Powers, you know, hey. And then I'm like, I'm Beth. I'm Beth, guys. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday I said it was Friday and it was Thursday, and now today I'm actually Beth. So, uh, See, anyway. Brett Jensen was right when he filled in last week. He always wants to combine the two names. He's been saying, try to say Bo Troutman <laughs> yeah, all this time, it. and now you just did it for him. There it is. In a he way. did it, and he's not even here. Uh, well done, Brett Jensen. Well done. Uh, anyway, Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach. Great songwriter, great lyricist, but even better name. Burt Bacharach. Like, what no. a great name. But just, like, so cool, right? All that music yeah. is just, like, so... Just cool. I mean, you just don't you just hear the 70s just oozing yeah. out of every song? Yeah. Well, and he wrote a lot of songs that I guarantee you, as you listen right now, that you didn't know that he wrote. Yeah. There's some that you did. We just played a couple of them. But... Uh, I want to hold that for a few minutes here because I want to get – I'm burying the lead. And I said this going into the break. And I said one thing that was sort of correct but not totally correct. They're not going to launch this in Charlotte, but they are going to launch it within driving distance if you want it badly enough. Because uh, Monday, Chick-fil-A, the third largest chain in the U.S. Uh, by sales, private chain, will test a new menu item in Denver Charleston, South Carolina, and in the Greensboro Triad area of North Carolina. I'm so excited. I said, uh, going to the break, has uh, Beth, have you ever done a bait and switch on Craig mm-hmm. and tried to make him eat something that he thought was something else? You know, and, and, and I asked that because I've told the story on the air one time, early in our marriage, where my wife, uh, we had what I thought was mas- mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually ground-up cauliflower. And um, that didn't ground go over there. Ground, ground up cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> just a, yeah, it sounded repugnant when you just said it. Like, ground up cauliflower. Uh, ground up. <laughs> I can't. I didn't do it enough justice. Ground up. So I do mashed cauliflower, and I did the same thing. I thought if I loaded it down with some gravy, I thought, Craig's not going to know. And he's like, were these potatoes? Like, what, what is this? It tastes like a burp. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, it's called. It tastes like a burp. Chick fil A will test a cauliflower sandwich starting Monday. I am here for it. Three markets. The new sandwich closely resembles its famous chicken sandwich, but uses breaded and pressure cooked ground up cauliflower in place of meat. I added the the ground up part. Mm -hmm. It's a pressure cooked cauliflower in place of meat. The fast food chain says it's been working on a plant based sandwich. For nearly four years, and if it takes off, it's going to be at a Chick-fil-A near you. Wait, is, is the bread bread, or is the bread also cauliflower? The bread's no, bread. The bread is bread. So isn't it, usually like you buy these pizzas with cauliflower crust to replace the bread. No. They should go all cauliflower. Just go all in. <laughs> cauliflower bread on the cauliflower <laughs> chicken. Was like, what was it called? The, the double-down sandwich that KFC had? Oh, yeah. Was, it had no bread. It was yeah. like chicken it was, on it chicken. It was all fried chicken. I am here. You know what I'm going to do? I think I should drive to Greensboro. I'm going to do it like every day and just buy a billion of these sandwiches so that it does take off and it becomes a thing. 
because I love this idea. I love cauliflower. Like, y'all, like, really love cauliflower. Round, like, ground up? Uh-huh. Smashed cauliflower, steamed cauliflower, raw cauliflower. I love it. So the idea that I could get this on that little, like, yummy, warm Chick-fil-A bun that's in the little bag with pickles and then get their buffalo dipping sauce and dip all of that together. And then I don't have to think about... Because one time, and I'm not going to say what the restaurant was, but when I was a kid, we went and got chicken sandwiches. And my family, we bit into the chicken sandwiches, and it wasn't cooked enough. And so I'm freaked out by chicken sandwiches sometimes. I cut them in half every time you, I eat them. You could say KFC. To, to, make, okay. <laughs> to make sure. Uh, I'm right, aren't I? No? no. <laughs> oh, sorry, KFC. Um, to make sure that the chicken is done, I wouldn't have to worry. It's cauliflower. I can just... Just dive right into it, and it'll be kind of mushy, but breaded. Like, have you all had the buffalo breaded cauliflower? It's so good. No, everybody's not on the board Mm-mm. with this. I don't know where to find what you just talked about. Breaded cauliflower? No, buffalo, buffalo cauliflower? breaded cauliflower. I don't know if there is a, is that whole a food that I dislike more than cauliflower. See, oh, this is where we diverge. Yeah. But you don't eat a lot of vegetables. You don't really like vegetables. No, I, I do like some. I just like certain ones. And cauliflower is not remotely one of those. I like how he says cauliflower. I do, too. Cauliflower. Cauliflower. Well, how do you say it? Cauliflower. Just cauliflower. Cauliflower yeah. versus cauli? Yeah, cauliflower. Okay. Well, whether it's ground up cauli or cauli, I don't want it. <laughs> you don't want it. So you aren't down for the sandwich. You wouldn't even try it. Nope. Not even going if it had buffalo sauce on it. Not going near it. Pickles? Nope. You yeah. don't eat pickles either? Nope. Yeah, I, haven't, I, don't, I probably haven't eaten cauliflower since that time my wife tried to trick me into thinking it was mashed potatoes in like, I don't know, 1998. Did you think it tasted like a burp? Uh, well, uh, having not had a burp before. Uh, I'm, <laughs> You've never burped? I've never, I've never eaten one. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> You've never tasted your own burp. <laughs> Good morning. Enjoy that breakfast, everybody. A lot of people don't realize this is a Burt Bacharach tune. No. Uh-huh. I walk along the city streets you used to walk along. Now, Na- Naked Eyes didn't do the original version of this. Did Burt do it? Well, Burt wrote it. Did he ever sing it? Like, sing it, sing it? That'd be cool. I'll have to look. I think it was Sophie B. Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> This takes me back to my WRQN Toledo's Hot FM Jim Clemens days. <laughs> Jim, this was in the rotation. This is like aha take on me. Did he write that? Don't think so. Oh. Uh, Bert Bacharach has passed away at the age of 94. So we're going through, I mean, like, uh, I always think, I don't know why, but I always think of John Moore when I think of this song. But this is this Uh-oh. is a Bert Bacharach song. Because you're a big Carpenters oh, fan. Yeah, I didn't know you wrote this one. That sounds like a Bert Bacharach song. The day that you Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Moore. <laughs> I don't sing, but I'll leave. Uh, let's see. Uh, this one I didn't know. This is another Burt Bacharach. <laughs> Arthur Spinks. I'm singing them. I'm sorry. This is just. Did he do any heavy metal? Uh, not that I'm I aware it's a of. a lot of the same. Uh, this is probably as heavy metal as he got right here. <gasps> oh, my gosh. He wrote That's What Friends Are For? 
This was definitely when I was at WRQN in Toledo. <laughs> Yo, this we is played our, this like every half hour. This is our theme song. It's a great song. I just, we played it so much, I like I had to walk away. I just, we're bringing it back. Take me right back to 1985. We got another one over here. Well, hey, I'm Beth, or she's Beth, I'm Beth. <laughs> This is my new favorite moment of Good Morning BT. You know, John Moore has John Moore has tapes of things over there. I mean, we always talk about the, what I've got in my computer. Well, John and his computer over there like stockpiles moments like that, uh-huh. and I can uh, I can ask for like any number of people over the years, and he's got something. I always in the back of my mind wonder what does he play when I'm out of the room. Like, what does he play on days when I'm not here? Mm. Don't and, tell him, uh, Jim. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I know. Mm. Now I know one that's been added to the list. It's like audio wars. Yeah. They're lobbing Christmas audio grenades at each other. Yeah. Go ahead, play it again. I just let's get <laughs> yeah, it out yeah. of your system. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm Beth. Or she's Beth. I'm Beth. <laughs> <laughs> and that just, little that little audio gem I gave to John Moore. What about about 15 minutes ago? Yeah. Yep. I just love the juxtaposition of the music. Is so happy about being. Hey, I'm Beth. <laughs> Well, that hey. was the best part. Well, hey. I'm Beth. Or she's Beth. I'm Beth. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the part of the movie where Austin Powers is always like, hey, how you doing? Hey, yeah, hey. baby. And and um, so, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, Brian, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. How you doing, Brian? Hey, good morning, Beth and Tom. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Good morning. Uh, so the question that was on the cauliflower for Chick-fil-A, yeah. so I do like cauliflower. So the other question I got is the calories. So if the regular meat has lower calories than the cauliflower, then is there any value other than for the thing of being in a cauliflower as a new sandwich kind of a thing, which I wanted to try it, but uh, I'm be interested in the calorie content because if it's more than that, then is it really of any value from that point? Is it being a vegetable source? You know, that's a great question for Tom. Let's ask Tom. No, seriously, that is a good question because, well, I don't know, Beth. I'm I'm actually Googling it to see if they have a calorie content. The only benefit that I could see is that they now have an option for maybe vegetarians Mm -hmm. who aren't really thinking about the calories, but maybe more about the the protein source itself. I guess cauliflower is not a protein source, but about the the actual patty itself. But, yeah, you're right because sometimes you think that you're doing something great by getting the, the, the buffalo cauliflower and then you look at the calories on the side of the, the container, and you're like, wow, I could have just had regular oh, Or the sodium. Like, and it's like yeah. the Beyond Burgers are like so loaded in sodium. In chemicals, To make yeah, it taste yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> and this yeah, is that's their... the only thing I would say about, you know, questioning about these new sandwiches. You know, it's great if, you know, if it's less value, if it's more value but less calories and less sodium, because sodium is a very important thing because sodium can cause some cardiovascular kind of issues, obviously. But uh, that's just something that just came to my mind. Well, I'm glad that you thought of it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, a, a Google search to see if I can find any nutrition information. I Ryan, will keep you posted. Thank you for calling the, uh, the, uh, the Tom and Beth show. We appreciate it. Uh, Ralph, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hi, Ralph. Good morning, B&B. Bo, I was wondering if somebody proposed that you would eat a whole crown of broccoli for like a million bucks. Could you... And raw broccoli at that with with no water. Well, see, here's the thing, Ralph. I like broccoli. Oh. I don't have a problem. No, I I would not choose to eat broccoli like raw. Like, I like to have it when it's, like, steamed or or, or cooked and have cheese with it and that kind of thing. 
So but yours I, is basically a conduit for cheese sauce. Yeah, but I, I, well, but, but I, no, I, I, I eat it without, I eat it with, uh, you know, butter on it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not George H. W. Bush here. Broccoli is not, not one of the, the things I don't like. Um, I meant to say cauliflower. Okay, cauliflower, no way, no how. He just did a whole broccoli conversation <laughs> for no reason. He just he just turned the cauliflower green. It was actually a question for Beth, not for you. <laughs> actually, it was a question for Tom. So uh, wait, you wouldn't eat, for a million dollars, you wouldn't eat a head of raw cauliflower? Uh, for a million dollars, I would, but it wouldn't yeah. be fun. Oh, I love it. I'm no. with him, though. I, I can eat cauliflower. I much prefer broccoli to cauliflower, and I don't know why. Because they're always served together like they're best friends. Yeah. It's always like them and sometimes carrots. That anyone's ever had. Um, let's go to John. You're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hi, John. Hey, guys. How you doing today? We're great, John. Awesome. Useless knowledge for you folks. Ooh, okay. Uh, Naked Eyes, they had two hit songs with a remake of uh, Dion Warwick's song tune. The other one was Promises, Prom, Prom, Promises. And the theme song to the original Blob with Steve McQueen Burt Bacharach wrote that with Hal David's brother. Are you serious? You mean the movie The Blob? Yeah, the original one with Steve McQueen, yeah. Huh. Holy moly, Burt Bacharach wrote the theme to The Blob. Yeah. That's Um, like the best piece of useless trivia ever. I do not have the soundtrack to The Blob in my my computer. We're going to find it. I'm sorry, John. We have this weird conversation of uh, Cauliflower and Burt Bacharach just kind of (laughs) intertwining. And now we go back and forth with like... (laughs) There's no segue between them. And do now, you like cauliflower? Hey, Burt Bacharach died. <laughs> One more time. Well, hey. I'm Beth. I hate she's Beth. I'm Beth. <laughs> oh, you're right. There is no segue. Not, none. I've done hard to wait to hold. Feel my More from the Burt Bacharach. Is that the theme from The Blob? That is not. <laughs> no. I told you. There, there's there's limits to my uh, machine over here, and the Blob the soundtrack blobiness. is not on it. I think that's that's a, a fun factoid that we learned from a listener, is that Burt Bacharach wrote the theme to The Blob. Mm-hmm. That put him on the map, and then everything else happened. And the only reason I know about The Blob is because of the that's what they were watching at the drive-in in the movie Grease. Was not aware of that. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> it was like a commercial for it or something in there. So uh, we're talking about Burke Bacharach. We're talking about cauliflower because that's what we do. <laughs> it makes no sense. On Good Morning This BT. is how we honor Burke Bacharach. That's right. I mean, it just so happens that uh, the man loved cauliflower. <laughs> At least we're going with that, that story. Hey, Mike, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. And by the way, we're talking about cauliflower because Chick-fil-A on Monday in three test markets, one of which is Greensboro, is a launching a new cauliflower sandwich so as to be their first foray into the meatless sandwich type thing, you know, meat substitute. I'm so excited about this. So I've been researching. I went to the Chick-fil-A website and I've been reading all about this sandwich. They mm-hmm. have been developing this thing since 2018. And they are basically doing the same thing to this cauliflower patty that they do to their chicken. They marinate it in like the pickle juice and then they deep fry it and then they put it on the soft, moist bun and they put the pickles. I'm excited, man. Pickles on a sandwich are great, but very polarizing. Like I don't think Bo is a, you don't like pickles. No, I'm okay with pickles. Are you okay with Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to speak for you, but I thought, that's what, <laughs> I thought I'd heard that in the room. Uh, Mike wants to speak. He's online too. Wants to talk about what else? Cauliflower. What's up, Mike? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I'm not a 
cauliflower lover or a cauliflower hater. Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, all these alternative uses for cauliflower that have come around in the last few years have been really interesting. But I have an alternative use uh, bow for a for a head of cauliflower that uh, that you might enjoy. Uh, decades ago, I went to a Halloween party, costume party, as the Scarecrow, and uh, from Wizard of Oz. Uh, the girlfriend at the time was Dorothy. Uh, but this scarecrow had found his ba- brain. It was a head of cauliflower that I'd spray painted with gray primer. Wow! It makes a very convincing brain. And if you want to, if you want to degrade some cauliflower bow, there's an idea for you. Spray it gray and use it as a brain. Fast forward to Halloween <laughs> now. Wow! I just decided I like cauliflower there, Mike. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a new one. Thank you. Happy Halloween early. Yeah, happy early yeah. Halloween. That's right. Uh, well, hmm. not what I was expecting The things to say. that you can do with cauliflower. I do feel like there are some moments where I feel like we're just asking too much of cauliflower. Like, we're just asking it to be... I thought you were going to say, there are just some moments we're asking too much of listeners. Yes. <laughs> no! We're trying we to come want... up with topics to chime in with. Um, I don't dislike cauliflower. Uh, we big, want you big to go from, to this show. from Burt Bacharach to cauliflower. No, actually, m- morph the two of them together. <laughs> okay. We're... It's like the most benign thing to talk about. This it's is like, so bizarre. Do you like paper plates? <laughs> <laughs> Five seven zero eleven ten. Well, but I mean, look. Uh, I like the little dividers on the paper plates. I mean, people are fanatical about their Chick Fil A. Well, yeah. We know this because just recently a huge story was the the, the plans to now tear down the uh, the Cotswold Chick Fil A and redo it like they did at Park Road mm-hmm. as a uh, as a drive through only, and that's because the traffic in that area over in Park Road and no doubt other areas that uh, uh, that you have a Chick Fil A at a busy part of town. You have these terrible congestion issues, and uh, so if if that restaurant is 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 launching a cauliflower sandwich, it's a bigger deal than we realize. Even if I don't like it. Oh, I, I think people are going to jump in on this. I think it's going to be delightful, and they're just going to leave it. I hope they have it on all their menus, and I can just run but, through and get a cauliflower. The sandwich. biggest point you found though is if you are a vegetarian. It's not a really a vegan option because it's still fried in animal. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, right? it, it, I was reading on the website about the development of the sandwich and how long it took them to develop it, and they they worked with a chef who I, I think worked uh, was in the Charleston area to to make this a, a really tasty treat for people. But it had an asterisk at the bottom of the article about the sandwich. This is on the Chick Fil A website. It said not considered a vegetarian option, and my guess is it's about preparation, and they probably fry it in the same oil that they fry mm-hmm. the chicken patties in. Mm-hmm. Um, would be the big, the big causer of that. Causer? Nope, not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Just cause. Just cause. <laughs> Just causer. <laughs> News Talk eleven ten WBT. Bo and Beth and Jim were off to see the wizard. If we only had brains, right? We have a lot of heart, though. Yes, that's right. And then our next segment will oil the joints, right? (laughs) Look, flying monkeys. Yes. Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey Tom, um, love your show, Beth. Especially love you. I could listen to you talk all day. Oh, um, the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. Hey, good morning, Bo and Beth. It's great to be back on Good Morning BT, and appreciate both of your voices on the airwaves in North Carolina. Yeah, good morning, uh, BT listeners. Since 1957, you guys have the best program yet. Wow. Get that in there. Yet. Wow. wow. That's high praise. Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman are on News Talk 1110 and. 9- 
99.3 WBT. Congressman Richard Hudson. Hey, good morning. How could I turn you down on Beth Troutman's birthday? Oh. You all are a breath of fresh air. This is the Good Morning BT Podcast. Another Burt Bacharach production right here. I walk along the city streets you used to walk on. See, I didn't realize this. I didn't either until you told me about it. Yeah, I mean, you, it just... And the Carpenters. I mean, you could go all the way down, but uh, dead at the age of 94 yesterday. John Hancock, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman in the house on a Friday morning. Final stretch. It's our uh, it's our final segment of the week. It has been a week. Oh, has it ever been a week? I feel like this whole week is going to be the the best of podcast this this weekend. Well, and this time one week ago, we were talking about what is this Chinese balloon flying over Montana, right? Just a it's just a weather balloon that was a little off course, just like the last twelve. Yeah. <laughs> that we did or did not know about, right? And now, of course, over the weekend, uh, the balloon was shot down just off of Surfside Beach. You know, John, we were talking about H.A. Thompson a few minutes ago. H.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thompson now lives down at Myrtle Beach. H.A. Thompson has become, well, he's made some friends since he's been down at Myrtle Beach. John Hancock's in the studio today. Uh, what do you think, Beth? you think we need to uh, initiate him into our show one particular way? I, I Absolutely, and I think that he's about to become best buds with this fella. Here we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, through the power of radio and the technology that is more sophisticated than a Chinese weather balloon, <laughs> we take you to the Grand Strand, North Myrtle Beach, and Wayne Troutman. Waniac, good morning to you, good sir. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone in that studio this morning? We're fantastic, Dad. Um, meet John Hancock. I think the two of you I are going to be fast friends. Hello, good sir. To meet John Hancock. I've, I think I have uh, sent you that text several times. But, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And by the way, HA, uh, if you haven't looked at it, actually posted pictures of the pier that was damaged the last hurricane and the rebuilding that's going on. So if you'll look at HA's Facebook page, you'll see some pictures of that. <laughs> the, Cherry, the Cherry Grove Pier, right? Yeah. Yes, Cherry yeah. Grove Pier. So basically, if you want to know the pulse of uh, the Grand Strand, North Myrtle Beach, greater Cherry Grove area, just you know, go back and forth between uh, Wayne Troutman and H.A. Thompson's mm. feed and you'll know, right? Mm-hmm. But there are actually developments. Uh, I, I wanted to, I mean, this is a perfect excuse to uh, to link up uh, the Waniac with Charlotte's most beloved here, but there actually is news, Beth, to uh, to get from your dad. Well, yeah, and this, this comes from your Facebook page, Dad, that you then uh, forwarded me. You had photos from yesterday. There was a lot of activity on the beach there at North Myrtle Beach with uh, the military trying to retrieve the bits and pieces of this balloon. Well, it was a little deeper than that, Beth. I saw the boat going up uh, off the shore probably half a mile out at pretty high speeds. It was one of their uh, open boats. It wasn't a big one anyway. So I got in the car, and I went north, and I got up there. They landed in Cherry Grove <laughs> up on the beach in the pictures I, you see. But they went from there to Bullinose. Now, you're familiar with Bullinose. Bullinose is an IGA affiliate store that's two stories high. It has so much everything from groceries to fishing gear to clothes. But they went to Bullinose for supplies yesterday. 
<laughs> ah, see, see now if you go to Wrightsville Beach, I, I'm I'm assuming this is akin to Reddix, mm-hmm. which is a store down there that I always go mm-hmm. to. But every beach has uh, a store like this. And and when I was talking to you the other day, Waniac, I was saying, do you see a lot of government detail? Do you see a lot of uh, you know official people down there? And you said a little bit, but not so much. And now these these latest pictures sounds to me or looks to me like it's uh, it's changed a good bit since we last talked to you as far as as uh, the government officials and and vehicles and and, and fact finding collection devices uh, over the last few days. Oh yes, uh, there's definitely a uh, larger presence on land than it was the first few days, where most of the presence was out in the in the ocean. Uh, they're they're working their way in, and and yeah, they've been in a couple times and and scoured the uh, coast for parts and stuff. But I think as they've come to where they realize they've got to do some deep sea diving to find the rest of this gear, they're going to be here a while. You can still it's foggy this morning; you can't see their location this morning. But at night, you can still see the lights and where they are off coast and. I expect they're going to be there for a while. So the photo that you sent me, Dad, I want to describe it to our listeners. It's one of those um, airboats that has the two huge fans on the back. I mean, I, I'm imagining the kind of boats that you see go across the Everglades that have like the big float floaty on the bottom of them. Mm-hmm. But this is the military version of that with two giant fans, the f- inflated floaty thing on the bottom. I'm so not sounding like official <laughs> military, am I? Like floaty. But it, 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 and then it opens up and it's sitting on the beach at North Myrtle Beach. It's almost okay. um, it's almost scary looking. It is, it is definitely grounded, but the the way that boat operates, they can take it up into dry land uh, as long as they stay near the water. And they, it's amazing. But they came to ashore this time not to gather supplies. I mean, to gather balloon, but to gather supplies. And now they must have looked, done their research. A bullnose is well known. <laughs> a number of the restaurants here go every morning to get their fresh ground meat to make their hamburgers with up there. And so I guess they were going to be making hamburgers, and they came in to get some fresh meat. Or they were going to stop at, um, uh, what's the Spanish galleon? <laughs> oh, yeah, Spanish galleon. Oh, they were, they were about two miles uh, north of that. Oh, but the place uh, where they landed is just south of the pier. Uh, the pier's at 34th, and they landed probably second or third. And Bullinose is only 100 yards from the beach. Wow. And they had no problem. They didn't need transportation to get their supplies and get them back. But, yeah, it was interesting. But I saw that boat go flying by. I mean, it was going at high speed. I, I just said, well, they've got to be doing something important. Let's follow them. Oh, I love that you hopped in your car and followed the boat. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the Waniac way of doing things. <laughs> I, I learned that from Beth Troutman. <laughs> I was just thinking that maybe it was the other way around. That's where you got your, in, your investigative instincts. That's exactly right. I, I, learned it from, I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> oh, Lord. You can tell the government oh. workers down there because they have the dark suits on and then Speedos. <laughs> well, well I, I told you all this the other day, but they keep saying that they may not be able to uh, to reclaim all of the the stuff that came out of the of the balloon because of the weather. They may not get it all. And mm-hmm. I say, well, oh, they absolutely will. It's just like it'll be three or four years down the road. You'll think that they didn't get all the remnants, and then you'll realize it's on the sail rack at the wings. At beside, wings. Beside the hermit crabs, right? Well, let me tell you that. When you see the weather at the beach, whatever's on the weather forecast, don't believe it. Oh, yeah? I mean, I have played days where it said 100% chance of rain, play golf, and you can get a drop. Oh. So... Right now, it's beautiful outside. Sunshine, they're calling for rain this afternoon. If it's 50% or less, it's probably not going to rain at all. 
So basically, I'm sure they're not used to dealing with they're used to dealing with government weather, not North Myrtle Beach weather. We think TWC stands for the Weather Channel. It actually should stand yeah. for the Waniac Channel. The Waniac Channel. <laughs> That's good, though. That's good. Well, look, uh, this has been quite a week, and what a way to cap it! Talking to the Waniac for the second time this week, and more importantly, the first time John Hancock's had a chance to talk to him. Well, good. I'm hey, I'm John, gonna I'm gonna visit next time I come down. You better. He will be mad if you don't. No, I do. I want to see the store. You you need to get down this way. If you ain't, I'm going to have to come up there. You know, the road goes both ways. That's right. We'll meet in the middle in, like, uh, what, like Lumberton or uh, Rockingham? Rockingham. Rockingham. There you go. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Yes, sir. Good to meet you, John. And nice to meet you, sir. All right. Off we go. Hancock, thank you. Everybody, See ya. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Beth will be back Tuesday. I'll be back Monday right here on Good Morning, BT. Oh, baby, give us a chance. Don't let the small town rumors